everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm. We're a Final Fantasy XIV podcast, and this week we're talking about Eureka Orthos, the latest deep dungeon and the hottest topic in Final Fantasy XIV right now. We touched on it briefly last week, going over 6.35, but this week we made sure to get some experts who probably have a more expert opinion on how this latest iteration has turned out. But of course, you still need your host, I'm Mr. Happy, and of course, joining me is Sly. How are you doing over there, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. You know what? Like, I actually, um, because I normally don't have the stream up, for the first time I heard the new music, and that's, that's pretty, that's pretty catchy. Yeah, it's made by like, Popsky. first time here. It's made by Popsky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty catchy. I'm like, I'm loving it. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm, What's going I'm, on? I'm doing all right. Just staying busy. Just staying busy. Not fancy and whatnot, yeah. you know? It's busy stuff. Busy yeah. stuff. Yeah. But... You and I, we're, uh, we're really the guests of this show, because when we have the professionals on, we're just along for the ride. So first, joining us again twice in one month, I guess that's the, the, this, what's the word I'm looking for? We had two Deep Dungeon shows, he's back. Hey, Finn, what's going on? <laughs> hey, what's up? Doing fine? Yeah, I'm back for the second time. Yeah. Yo, you know, last time we discussed EO before it came out, we said what we thought it was going to be, and now we're going to say what it actually is this time. And I'm looking forward to it. And joining us for the first time on State of the Realm, another core member of the Deep Dungeon community. And I know that you two are light party mates going into your first day in Eureka Orthos as well. We have Sig. How you doing, Sig? Pretty good. Glad to be on the show. I'm glad to have you on the show. I might need to do a few audio adjustments. I kind of rushed us into this because I was behind schedule for the day, but I appreciate both of you choosing to spend your time here and coming on. Really excited to hear. I, I see that you may have had a disaster on floor 10 behind you. Um, care to elaborate uh, on uh, what's going on back then? <laughs> I feel like every time you're at floor 10, you feel like a disaster has happened. <laughs> in the, uh, uh, it's uh, when it comes to first uh, sets in Deep Dungeon, it's uh, about as rough as it gets. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel that. Right. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about with Eureka Orthos and the execution of the entire thing. Uh, first, real quick, shout out to the sponsors. Everyone over on Patreon, thank you for supporting. You don't have to. You choose to, and we love you for it. So from Sly and I, thank you very much. Uh, he normally is the one that gives you this, and he gives you the kisses, of course, as well. Slide like him the kisses. There you go. Perfect. All right. And special shout out, of course, to our other regular sponsor, Steel Series and Advanced GG, which there's discount codes for in the chat. Okay. With that, very quick sponsor read. Uh, Eureka Orthos. It's been, it's been a long time since we've had a new deep dungeon to actually talk about in the, in the recent tense, I suppose. And oh boy, a really long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this. We talked about this a little bit. Um, Sig, since you weren't on the last Deep Dungeon show when we were trying to predict, just how does it feel to have something new in the category that you have put a lot of time into up to this point? Yeah. So I think this is true for for both me and Finn. Um, but I've been around the the community for like three years now doing Deep Dungeon, so. For, for me, at least, this is something that I've never experienced before. You know, I wasn't around when Heaven on High was released or when Palace of the Dead first came out. Um, so this uh, was a completely new experience. And actually getting new content in Deep Dungeon was um, not really something I'd ever experienced before. I think the, the closest that I'd ever gotten uh, was when Endwalker came out and we had 
uh, two new jobs to play with in Deep Dungeon. So that's like the closest thing that I've gotten to experiencing new content in Deep Dungeon. And I'm sure that it, you, well, I, I guess we'll talk about it more in general, but at the very least, how, how was it experiencing that for the first time? And I guess I'll extend that to yeah, both I, of you. Like you said, you've both been around about the same period of time. So I'll extend that to both you and Finn. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just a really brand new experience because even when I came into the community three years ago, um, there are still plenty of people like Meiji and Angelus who had all their resources out there at that point. Um, and we're doing a lot of great work to, to get people into the content. Um, but coming into this, obviously nobody knew anything. So being able to experience things blind for the first time, um, even if we were experiencing it in a, in a party, unlike Angelus who decided to go solo, um, it, it was something completely different. And I think, um, especially that, that first day, it was, uh, kind of like a, it was a pretty magical experience. Um, finally getting this after after years and years of waiting. No, I mean, for, being, wait, um, Finn has I'm to sorry, go, go first, Sly. Patience. Finn? <laughs> okay, I go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, Sly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, the biggest by far, like, new content is great, right? But, but for, because for me, it's the same as Sig. I wasn't around when they released Heaven on High and uh, PUTD. So I got into the content in uh, Shadowbringer. Which means I never played Deep Dungeon with current level toolkits. So, but, so for me, this is by far like the biggest difference. Because now finally I get to play the jobs the way they're supposed to, right? Like with, with all the, the, the pieces of the puzzle. Uh, so I, I agree with everything that Sage said, but for me, this is like by far the biggest, uh, change for the, the new content. You know, like, like, like if they took PUTD and they scaled it up to max level, I would have honestly had a similar experience to you. I think that's fair. Minus the few things that are different, which we'll talk about a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, with yeah. EO itself. Yeah. But um, both of you being part of the um, deep dungeon community, I'm just curious because I I want I want to find this out. What's the most soul crushing experience you've had in a deep dungeon, whether it be Eureka Orthos or POTD? <laughs> well, that's a easy answer for me, at least. Um, I think it's my most famous clip. But uh, in Heaven on High, I was going for the Omni um, and finishing up with, with Astro. Um, and on floor 99, I was fighting a Mimic, put down Earthly Star, uh, killed the Mimic with Earthly Star, but pulled a patrol with it. Um, and I had only 30 seconds left. Um, but the exit opened with the mimic kill. Uh, so if I didn't hit the patrol with the earthly star, I would have had the clear. Um, and that's something that I've been forever memed about <laughs> since that day. And I think it took me like seven more attempts after that and probably like a month or month and a half until I was actually able to get the astro clear after, after that happened. I don't want to imagine doing astro. <laughs> It was a great clip, at least. You made a great clip out of it. You know? Yeah, everyone loved it. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> well, you're going to see a recurring pattern there, because for me it was also Astro. I don't, I don't really want to call it so... I don't wanna, really want to call it so crushing, though, because I, I, it didn't really put me down that bad. But uh, I was on floor 199 at about, uh, about uh, I don't know, three minutes maybe to do the floor. So, like, of course, I was not going to be able to make it. 
So I was just running around with a bunch of monsters on my ass, you know, checking all the chests. So I decided to take, uh, like the right direction. I, I went like in a, in a specific direction all the way, no chests that were useful, went back. And then I had at this point, at this point, maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds. So I was like going to lose, of course. So then I go in, I go back to the beginning, go in the other direction while I'm chatting with the chat, right? And saying like, oh, this one like was very close. And then I'm, I'm not even kidding. As my timer is zero, I check a gold chest. It's a rage. <laughs> I knew it. I knew yes. it was coming. Oh, it, it wasn't so crushing as much as it was funny on the, in the moment, but it was a little bit of a despair, you know, but anyway. I'm pretty sure anyone you ask this question to will have an astral story to tell you. It's either an astro story or a running to the exit on Final Four. Like those, those I'd imagine <laughs> have to be the two top contenders. Yeah, that's a. It, it seems like it's a reoccurring thing. What about you, Happy? I mean, you. I, I've seen your fair share. Of, I don't know. Um, I don't think I have anything soul crushing because, like, when because I obviously I don't have nearly. The experience, I did one of Heaven mm-hmm. on High, one of Palace, and I haven't even finished my EO one because I haven't had time to. So I don't know if any of mine are really soul-crushing. If anything, it's been the other way. I've had more cases where it's like, I don't know how I made it that far on that run when I was like going. like I, mm. I was doing a practice run before EO came out, and I had nothing for like 91 to, to 100. So I was like, there's no way I'm making it. And then I got to 98, mm. and I had like 10 minutes left, and I was like, I did, I don't even know how this happened. It was just like there was all low kill floors and like I got strengths and steals and it was just a kill fest all the way. And I was like, oh, you know what? That went better than expected. I don't have a soul crushing one. I just, and, and another consistent thing seems to be like these are runs that y'all know you're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Knowing you're not going to make it Pretty takes common. some of the soul crush <laughs> out of it. I do think though. You're like, it's done. I can't do it. It's the pressure away too. If you know you're not gonna make it, then you usually play a little better because you know you know it. There's no pressure. So yeah, yeah. that's how I do and, ultimate slide. I just I, that's it. We're dying. We're going back to phase one, and then until you clear, and then you're like, okay, we did it. And then the thing about POTD in comparison to like HOH and uh, Rico Orthos, POTD didn't have. Well, they had um, they had rage, but they didn't have like a um, you know. Oh shit button like storms or a um or uh the the primals. Man, storms is an oh shit button sometimes bites me in the ass, so I don't <laughs> like yeah it is, but when you're when I'm soloing and I think to use storms, I'm like Am I gonna make this? Is this am I gonna die when I go to use this? Is there gonna be an AoE on me? <laughs> and there has been, Sly. Mm-hmm. I don't know, actually. I'd say that uh, you have the same old shit buttons in both, like with chains, right? But I feel like it's it's easier to get out of bad situations in PUTD because, like, you know the telegraphs won't kill you instantly for, like, you know, every single monster. Because the storm is nice, but usually if you're in the position where you're like, oh, shit, I need to use a storm, you're probably dead in, like, a second. So, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> That's how I feel, at least. Yeah. Well, now we've reminisced a little bit about the old ones. We are here to talk about the new one. So, Eureka Orthos, it's been around for about a week and a half now, and you guys have had some a decent amount of time to absorb it, understand it. Finn, already, what, 12, 13 at this point? 13 cares, yeah. There you go. 13 out of the 19 jobs soloed at this point. Sig, I believe you did the one. I don't know that you've been back in to do a second or a third yet. 
Yeah, that's right. I did the one clear, and I haven't done the the higher floors since. Um, but we'll talk about I've been that soon. Watching plenty of other people do them. I've been watching Finn do it over and over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, as have I. That's, that's why I lost count. <laughs> so um, before we get into the specifics about Eureka Orthos, I want to kind of just open the floor here while I deal with Aloha, who's nipping at my heels right the second. Uh, to just give an overall thoughts on the execution of this versus the other two dungeons. Now, you could do that from a fresh perspective because this is your first one going in fresh. Or you could do it from an overall perspective, gameplay mechanics, bosses, mo- individual monsters, whatever floats your boat, open floor to just talk about Eureka Orthos at the moment. That is a very broke question. I don't think I could answer that in like two minutes. You don't, you don't mean, got as many minutes as you need. I mean, yo, was like, so, so repeat the question. Like, do, do you want to make any specific information or just like in general? I guess it's more of a general feeling because I think, I think it's fair enough to say you probably have at this point a general feeling about palace or heaven about kind of a synopsis of how you would feel about those as well. So. Big being a week and a half into Eureka Orthos, how do how does it just feel to be going through it? How do you feel when you're inside? Just give me an emotion, I suppose. All right. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to my mind is this is the Raiders Deep Dungeons. I think that, I think this Deep Dungeon was made for people that don't do Deep Dungeons to get into the content, right? That's how it feels to me. I think this Deep Dungeon is really good. It is a really good modern Deep Dungeon, but I don't think it's a very good old school deep dungeon, if that makes sense, right? I, I guess I, I'll, I'll keep it like that simple for now because I, I will talk for like 15 minutes otherwise. And I'm sure you have plenty of questions later about it. But that's, that's the way I would summarize this, this deep dungeon right now. And if you're wondering, like, am I having fun? Yeah, I'm having fun. But I think a big part of it is the maximum level kits that I get to play with that I've never played with. So. Sig, yeah, so. I, I believe I know where you're going with this one, Sig, given the video that yeah. you put out. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the the prevailing emotion that I get from Eureka Orthos is pretty much just disappointment. Um, and I think me and Finn, uh, we have a lot of the, the same opinions on the the direction they took. Um, or basically we're saying we're seeing the same things. Um, but I think our opinions on whether or not that's a good thing, uh, and whether or not that's actually gonna be fun and healthy for Deep Dungeon in the long run. Uh, I think that's where we differ pretty widely, and I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of it today. Um, but I think just to, just to start out with, um, that's really been kind of the, the overwhelming feeling I've gotten. And I'm also just kind of worried in general that um, in uh, with like Palace and Heaven on High, uh, we've been doing those deep dungeons for years and years now, and we're still doing them. They're, they're still interesting for us. Um, but it's very hard to see that, um, same thing happening to Eureka Orthos. Um, it feels like something that the, the deep dungeon community and these people that very actively run deep dungeons for years and years, uh, they're pretty much going to clear it. They're gonna accomplish whatever goals they have with it. Um, and then I feel like you'll probably see it be set aside pretty quickly in comparison to the other deep dungeons. I think that's a fair assessment given the overall structure of it. Um, even I, someone who hasn't gotten my first solo, feel that way, kind of, to some capacity. Like, I enjoy it. I- I'm having fun when I'm inside it. 
it, nothing to me is as grueling as Palace 1 to 50. I don't think anything will ever match that for me. But floors 1 to 10 come pretty close. <laughs> I'll say that much at least. Um, it, real quick, slight. I haven't been keeping up. I know you've been going in with a group. You've been largely just taking some time at it. Where are you right now with uh, with Deep Dungeon, actually? You're muted. I was just checking where we were. We are, well, right now, we're, we had to begin our climb again, or descent, I guess, again, because we got to, I believe it was, uh, da, 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 da. it was, it was the 74, I want to say. I think it was I 74. Knew it. I knew it was going to be 71 to 80 before you even said anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it was a, it was a, it was kind of an oh shit moment that we thought we were going to get out of. And what got, what did us in was uh, a bird of orthos because we had no idea. Oh, that's we had like, we did like, we were killing uh, like other shit and we were like, okay, just save the bird for last week. Like it's probably harmless. No, the fuck it isn't. Um, <laughs> it killed everyone. We like barely touched it and we were getting to it and it killed us all. I almost killed I'm a group not. with, I think, the thing that you died to, where somebody got confused and it started casting Revelation. I was like, oh, I'll rescue them out of the Revelation, only to realize there was no ground AoE. <laughs> so, yeah, it didn't, like, nobody was even confused at the point. We were just killing other shit, and then all of a sudden it just did Revelation, and we were, like, dead. So, Yeah. I've never yep. seen that AoE, that revelation. So it must have be someone got confused and yes. guessed it. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, you get confused for like thirty seconds, and then it does revelation until the target. So oh. even if you if you stun revelation, it just does it again as soon as it gets out of the stun until that yeah. person or the bird is dead. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So one of my one of my mates I went in with, uh, he's like, "Oh, that's why you told me to run." I was like, "Yeah, that's a Phoenix tank buster. I know what that does now that I've actually read it." Okay, yeah, that's an unf- I see. I would have thought it would have been the apes. Seventy-one to eighty is pretty, pretty much the hardest set out of all of them, anyway. So I, I guess I'm not too surprised. Yeah, there's there. a lot. There's a lot of like air we shit that like you really can't do anything about. Like it's LOSable. Some of it. I mean, yeah, most all of it is LOSable, but like it's just God. It, they really want to kill you. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good place to start off because the basics of Eureka Orthos are, for better or worse. Largely the same, you know, the entry is, you know, you still have two save files. God forbid we get more than two. Mm-hmm. You still, you know, Please. have to go to the spot. They even got rid of the Mordona instance already because apparently it was causing crashes and issues. So you don't even have to worry about that mm-hmm. aspect anymore. And once you're inside, it, you know, it looks like deep dungeon, you know, like, oh, you know, this is palace heaven. But you very quickly realize the direction that they went with in pulling a few monsters, even in the first 10 floors. So... I think the biggest mm-hmm. point of discussion for this whole video is going to be the monsters and the bosses more than anything else because those kind of define it. Yeah. So the monsters in Eureka Orthos are pretty much, I would say they're the polar opposites of every monster in Palace and Heaven, especially as you get to the higher floor. They're all pretty durable the whole way through, so there's no point where they're really weak. And they're pretty much all dangerous the entire way through for their attacks but not but their auto attack damage is low comparatively yep. as well 
I'd say that's consistent the whole hundred yeah. floors. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Would I yeah. be correct in saying that defines the majority of your opinions about Eureka Orthos? Yeah, yep. so it does have a very large effect, for sure. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, in the early floors, very early, uh, starting with, like, the bombs on, like, the second or third floor, um, you kind of really begin to figure out the direction that they took in terms of how they wanted to make enemies difficult in this deep dungeon, um, where it does, like, its point-blank AoE. Uh, but it's not telegraphed until, like, the very last second. So there's no way that you would know to get out of it unless you know that it's coming. Um, so essentially, um, you can already tell at that point that they snuck in um, some tricky things that kind of require you to, to either learn with a group as you go along, or if you're solo, hopefully you know these things beforehand, or you're probably going to get blown up in one shot instantly. Um, mm -hmm. and that's kind of a trend that continues throughout the deep dungeon where even on the lower floors and upper, up through the higher floors, um, all these enemies have these one shot mechanics with either no telegraphs or very quick telegraphs. Um, so it becomes a situation of you, you kind of need to know these things before, uh, you go in or you're going to get destroyed by them. Um, but on the flip side, where enemies generally used to be dangerous before, uh, in the higher floors of Palace of the Dead and Heaven on High, was from their auto-attack damage. Um, and in this deep dungeon, that's really not a concern. Um, I think probably the hardest-hitting enemy that you'll find are the Mimics on the later floors. And I think probably a Mimic in 91+, plus probably hits about as hard as a Mimic in maybe, like, 61-plus of Heaven on High, and it's not able to crit either. So <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a completely different route that they took with the enemies in this deep dungeon um, to try and make them difficult. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sage said everything. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i only on my... Well, only, I... I... I just, I'm only, like, a week and a few days, and I'm still already in the disrespect monsters phase, you know? We're pulling 10 monsters plus with AoE damage on jobs that are, don't even have healing. No problem because as Six said, they make the auto attack irrelevant for most. There's some exceptions, but most of the monsters have irrelevant auto attacks. Uh, so that, that has a side, side effect of making it, you know, hard to learn, but easy to do once you've learned it. Because then, like, if you know, like, cause I, I love, I love how you said the monsters are dangerous. Like they are, but also they're not really because. Because like once you know, you know, right? It's like, it's like I don't know. Maybe an example for savage raiders would be, you know, there's easy savage raids, but you still die to them like twenty times before you get to that you don't care point, right? But like once you care it every time, you're like, oh, that 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 uh, that busts a joke. That's kind of like every monster in you. Like there's very few monsters that when you know what they do, actually are a threat. And if so, it's usually because. It's because of like the deep dungeon mechanics, right? Like patrols coming around or traps. But like you, you would never lose against a monster. And meanwhile, if you're doing something like Evan Hide, then it's a completely different experience because if you're playing, I don't know, Red Mage, then you know the mimic on 91 plus kills you in two hits and like, you know, maybe one hit with a crit if you've got a gloom or something. So it, so it's like even if you know it's coming, you, you still can't really make it like a hundred percent viable every time. So it's, so, you know, it's kind of the removal of RNG making the runs more consistent. 
at the co- at the cost of repliability, I would say. That's that's what the whole uh, auto attack issue brought. And like Sig said, the monsters don't get much tankier from set to set, which means that it's kind of weird because at the beginning you're like, you're like, oh shit, like this is really hard. Like this is the way we felt when we went in the first time. We were like, oh my god, this, these floor ten monsters are insane, right? They're so tanky, they're so dangerous abilities. I can't wait to see like what the hell they do in any one plus. But then you get to any one plus and you're like, you're like, okay, so they're like about they're almost the same tankiness. But now you've got your, all your palms, so it's easier, right? It's, it's almost like the difficulty is in the beginning. Let's say like from one to 70, and then it starts gradually getting easier. And that's not even talking about the bosses as well, so. Yeah, we'll get to the bosses in a little bit. Yeah, yeah I think, um, I think one of the biggest things I noticed is you can fight every monster on every job. Yeah. Yep, I can't confirm. No steel required for any job, except maybe certain no-item gloom combinations on, like, melees and some, like, DPS, but that's it. You can't pull anything without steel, if it's not for debuffs, yeah. And that uh, that's a pretty big... Because I remember, even just with my limited experience, going through something like... <sighs> Impalace, what's a good example? The knights that do the donut AoE on the upper floors, the proximity aggro ones, I think it's... Yeah? Yeah. The Palace Knight? Yeah, yeah. That uh, was literally... I would visually see one and be like, anything to not have to fight that thing. Anything at all. Any any other option, I'll wait for it. To, I'll wait six minutes for that thing if I have to wait for it to move. I don't care. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to use resources on it. That has, that never happens once throughout all of Eureka Orthos. You just go, okay, that does this and this, so I don't have a I don't have an interrupt, so I guess I need to run away from that, or you know, oh, it could be donut or or point blank, or and yes, I'm only referring to the Ortho systems because that's like the only thing I was remotely concerned with in the last ten floors. I how I'd, I'd assume Sig that. This is in this the narrowing it down. This in particular is is the big thing. Is the, is the auto attack damage? Yeah, definitely. And I think your example is kind of funny because the the knights in palace they're like um, pretty much if you're a DPS or healer, uh, you're like I don't want to fight those unless I have steel. Uh, then the game's like okay, if you leave these things alive for forty five seconds, we're also going to give them a damage buff to where they do even more damage. Um, and so it's like, it's definitely, you can tell what their philosophy there was in terms of trying to, trying to make sure that you die. Um, in Eureka Orthos, though, uh, the, as you mentioned, the, the end result is that you can fight anything you want. Um, you don't really have to make those kinds of decisions where you're like, I don't want to fight this thing. Um, or you don't look at an enemy and be like, well, is this thing worth fighting if I have to use a steel, if I have to use resources to fight against it? Um, instead, you, the approach you take is basically, is this enemy in the way of the exit, or is this enemy blocking somewhere that I want to go, like if I want to pick up a chest or something? And regardless of what enemy it is, as long as I know its mechanics, I, I don't care. I, I have no fear fighting it. Um, as amusing as it sounds, I think the only scary enemies in the entire deep dungeon, really, when you once you know what the enemies do, is probably the the bear that is bugged in seventy one plus and will just <laughs> instant kill you if it gets desynced. 
um, or enemies that are literally have out of combat mechanics. Um, so they're, you know, have these one shots from across a room. And it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of ironic that the enemies we're afraid of are the ones that we're not actually even fighting <laughs> at the time. It's the ones that are out of combat that are scary to us. Um, but kind of what happens as a result of that is uh, you kind of get stuck in the motions of just performing whatever mechanics um, the enemy requires of you. And compared to other deep dungeons where you were making decisions about your palms based on the auto attack damage and on a job-by-job basis, you're playing very differently to mitigate the auto attack damage. So, for example, on ranged DPS like Machinist, you'd have to kite. Uh, you'd utilize your bind and heavy um, to slow enemies down and take less auto attack damage. On melee, you'd be very smart with your usage of bloodbath and second wind, um, as well as whatever defensive you're given there. Um, on healers, uh, sometimes you would double pull and utilize whatever heals you had uh, in your pocket to, to keep yourself alive. Uh, instead, in Eureka Orthos, uh, you pretty much don't have to worry about any of those things that involve mitigation or healing that is provided by your job. Um, you're just doing the mechanic and hitting the enemy until it dies. Um, and the end result is that it kind of feels like a lot of jobs, um, they, they all kind of play the same. I can play Machinist the same as I would play a melee DPS because I don't have to worry about utilizing the, the strengths that jobs have when it comes to mitigation um, and when it comes to staying alive against, um, you know, enemies that hit hard because nothing hits hard at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's not right yeah. with my experience, I'd say. Wow, you talked you talk so long that I forgot the question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was focusing down on Sig about the auto because you had brought up the auto attacks and how non. Oh yeah, 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 the yeah. autos. Yeah. yeah, that was the. Yeah, well, like uh, like uh, Sig said, you know, it it is definitely the biggest difference, and like you you said, like is there a scary monster you don't want to pull? Like it's the same as Sig said. There's no scary monster in Yo. There's sorry. Well, there's no like. Uh, there's no, there's not really a tier list of monster in your head, right? You're just going to the key and you kill everything that could be in your way. So I, my, my personal checklist is like patrols first. Well, it's like uh, patrols first, monsters that do out of combat things second. And then, you know, third is just like whatever's in the way of the key. And yeah, there's not really, I, I mean, at this point, the 13 jobs and it's not really different whichever job I play. The only difference is that I will do maybe like multiples for fun or just for time, but mostly for fun. I know. I saw and, the and, samurai and, clip. I saw that. <laughs> oh, the the lethargy yeah. trick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pulled like what was it? Like eight mobs with lethargy on samurai, on, like yeah. ninety-one plus, and you're like, okay, whatever. Blood that samurai run was a complete disrespect of their content. It's such a great watch. <laughs> I, I, I watched a little bit of it after, just like to see what, because I you know when I'm playing, I don't really remember what happened. So I, I watched a little bit of it after, and it's like I think we did the last set. We used like nothing except ewe pulls. We went to the last floor. We had. Three dreads, two onion knights, uh, two flights, two storms. Like we had everything left, and I was like, "My God!" Because I wasn't scoring that run either, right? It's it's a big difference if you score and you don't score. Because if you score, then all the time that you don't use, you can turn it into points, right, by doing things. But if you don't score, I agree. Like EO is just is too easy. 
But I'm not like, and I like personally, like in my opinion, I think that I don't like that. It's too easy, right? I would rather it was hard, but like, there's a lot of people that disagree with the, they disagree with the mentality of if you do everything correctly, you should still be able to lose a run, right? There's people that think if you do everything correctly, you should win. I don't like every time, you know, 100% of the time. Uh, I was discussing here with people, and there's a lot of people that feel like that. So, you know, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, de- deterministic content, almost. But so, EO's that is built like that. EO is built in a way that if you do everything perfectly, you care every every time. Like, there's no RNG. Uh, and and POTD and uh, MRI are different, right? Like, it's like, like, you can't do everything perfectly, but then you don't even know, like, what is perfect because there's so many uh, uh, things, you know, that affect, like, the RNG and then... You clear or you why, but then you feel like maybe you're a little lucky or maybe you're a little unlucky. But EO doesn't have that feeling at all. Yeah. EO is just, you do it, you get your title. And some people like that. Uh, so you know, I mean, I, I mean, do you guys think EO is going to be the most popular thing, Deep Dungeon, all of the three? I think it's going to be by far. And even though it's my least favorite one, I think it's going to be the most, uh, the most popular or like the, the most amount of people. I don't know if you guys agree or not with that, but. That's how I feel. I think it's going to have the highest clear rate, but I don't think that makes it the most popular because a lot of those clears will not result in return clears doing it again, I feel, which I guess is true of the other ones as well. You know, most people do just go through Palace or Heaven once to, you know, get the title. Very few become, you know, someone who's like, oh, I want to do it on six jobs, 12 jobs, Omni. Yeah, so I I don't know. It's it's hard to judge. I think for a time it'll be because I think twenty one to thirty most people are going to use it for leveling, if anything. Um, but I don't know. Sly, where are you at on that? I, I kind of feel like um, from my experience, from my community experience, I, I feel like um, while this is popular and it will remain relevant for a while, um, people kind of gravitate more towards actual POTD. Uh, and I think, like, it's been years since POTD was originally released. So they gravitate more towards that. Um, and I think that will continue to happen, uh, more so than, uh, Heaven on High or Eureka in months to come. So yeah, I, I, like, after this, I kind of want to go back to POTD. See, that's, that's what I was thinking. If anything, EO is going to make the other ones more popular than EO itself. Because I think people will still see Necromancer and Lone Warrior as bigger achievements that they may not have, even if they have once in future, <clears throat> once in future king or queen. So if anything, yeah. I think it's it's a for now thing, and then later those still remain to be the most popular of them. Yeah. Yep, and I think that's how probably a lot of us feel um, in terms of the people that frequently run Deep Dungeon, even after we've gotten our initial clears is that EO is going to provide a really good stepping stone um, for mm-hmm. people who want to get into the other deep dungeons. Um, but pretty much as like Finn mentioned before, um, I think what kept Palace of the Dead and Heaven on High alive for so long was that RNG aspect. Um, and that's why people kept coming back after they were getting their clears um, and I know it's a very different perspective for like me and Finn when we do like hundreds of runs and, um, it's 
we're we're used to to failing. We're used to RNG screwing us over. I mean, there's cases where you know if you're on melee, for example, if you don't pick up steals, um, or if you get too many no items floors, I mean, your run could be over even if you do everything correctly. And yeah. I don't think for people like me and Finn, that's necessarily actually frustrating. In a lot of ways, that's kind of the stuff that we're looking for in terms oh, of fuck that. It's frustrating. Sly, <laughs> <laughs> they're looking yeah. to enjoy the decision-making process. You you want to win, and I think that's that's kind of the point here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. I think uh, for us, you know, we we see it as a challenge because um, there's so many mm. things that were thought to be impossible in Palace of the Dead, um, like with Behemoth and stuff. Um, and people are always kind of pushing the limits of what's possible. So when we're presented with those types of situations, those are the fun things for us when we have our back up against the wall. And like Finn said, you know, people aren't expecting like a clear. Um, that's when we're able to kind of go crazy and push the limits Let of loose. what is actually possible. Um, and that's not something that we'll ever really be able to do in Eureka Orthos, except for in the context of scoring and trying to push the limits of what's possible in terms of score. And speaking of score, Finn, I don't even know where to begin with score. Because I, I, you were the first person I thought of when I was on the early floors. Like, scoring this must be awful <laughs> for the early uh, floors at yeah. the very least. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have time to really get into the, the meat of scoring yet because I'm a little bit, you know, in the ward race for Omni. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, so far from what I've seen... The first 10 floors is just RNG garbage, right? Like, if you want to score the first 10 floors, you just go through, you do non-stop AOE pulls, and you just pray you find what you, you just pray you need, you find what you need in the chest, cause like, you just can't, uh, you can't keep that, uh, up, that, that, you can't do it without pumps. I'd assume so sites become like a huge thing for landmine plays in the first 10 floors for score. Yeah, I do landmine plays, uh, every time I have a site on the first 10 floors, I just pop it and you do landmines. And you also almost, you, there's a lot of jobs for which you need like a demi clown for the boss. Cause the boss is freaking long. On a, on a, I don't remember which tank. I did a tank and it took six minutes thirty with strength to the boss. And if you have a demi clown, it becomes like three minutes. So, you know, it's like you need a demi clown. The next two sets after that, you still do the score, the, the whole speed run full kill. Uh, it's all right. 11 to 20 is okay. I'd, I'd say it's like a fun set. 21 to 30 is, uh, I mean, if you run this in a group, uh, you've seen what happens when you do AOE pulls, right? You know, there's a little bit of a ortho knight going yeah. around and killing everyone. So, like, when you're alone, it's kind of the same. <laughs> you, I, I, I mean, like I said, I didn't really go in depth into it, but so far, what I found worked for that set, you just use your bombs, uh, your really strong bombs, right? Like your storms, your dreads, uh, try and make it in 30 minutes, and then everything beyond 31. It's pretty fun actually to score so far. I've not really like went in, in like uh, super hard on it, but it's pretty fun because basically you do EV pulls. Uh, and you can do big ones, right? Because there's not really any auto attack damage. And then you just gotta make sure you, you pull monsters that make sense, right? So like, for example, the, the sword, the, the, the Star Wars guys on the 3140, right? Don't even remember what he's called. The guy with the four swords. Then you don't want to pull oh, him when you're doing a pull. Yeah. 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 This guy. You don't want to pull them when you're doing new pull, but then you want to pull like things that are easy when you're doing new pull. And then it's kind of the same di- dynamic all the way to the end. And including the last two sets. So, so yes, scoring is going to be, I think, pretty fun. 
I think I think this is going to make scoring more fun than MLI, but I still think PUTD is going to be more fun to score than uh, EO. Ah, uh, Phantom Ortho Race. Sorry, I've wrote, I I I was recording a guide, so I have all the monster names written down with their aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I had to refer to it. Uh, that guy. Yeah, I don't know the like name. An hour long. long. I've, I've, this was an awful thing to make a guide for. This is terrible. Let's just <laughs> let Maggie do his their thing because uh, this is terrible to try to describe and guide for. This is nineteen pages of just information that needs to be regurgitated. Oh man. Yeah, I'm really. I, mean, I made a video guide and. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say oh, yeah. your scoring thing. I was gonna comment on it. Yeah, I, I was going to say I made a guide too for for Warrior and I, and I it's a guide, right? So it's just a, a run where I describe every monster into ten hours. So you know, there's a lot to talk about. That is a lot. I would, dude. I cannot do a ten hour. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a run, so it's like you know, it's the whole thing. But just the thought of it, just. Kills my brain, in all honesty. Well, so kudos to you for, for doing that one. Um, so while the monsters play a big part, and you know we will get to the bosses momentarily, I want to I want to stop short of the bosses and talk about the interactions you have with the monsters, specifically proto manders. They're commanders. Can we just agree to call them commanders? Is anyone calling them proto manders still? No, no. We just, I just call them commanders. Has everyone abandoned the name proto mander already? Is that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone was on board to begin with. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, these, I also feel because of the monsters have such different interactions in the way that you use them versus the other two, even the ones that are the same as the previous deep dungeons. I, I other than, other than steel, of course, which you've already discussed being. Ironically, the most useless one. Somehow it got demoted from most important to least important. I think I'd rather intuition than steel, yeah. almost. That's what I yeah. was. Uh, well, it depends on the dynamic, I, was, I think. <laughs> yep. I was, I was joking that I was impressed that they actually found a pomander that I'm least interested in than intuition. <laughs> uh, and it turns out it's one of the ones that we cared about the most in the past two deep dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how did, how did you, so I guess, uh, before we talk about the old ones, I actually want to narrow down on the new ones because I, I, I think those are probably the most important to talk. Finn, I saw you get up out. He was like, Oh, I'm ready. I saw, <laughs> he was like, oh, just, yeah, let's say, he's <laughs> like, just say lethargy. Just say it. Just say the word. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of don't want to take like a score running night like, stance because, you know, most people are just going to try to clear. So like the new problems, what are they? Lethargy. Is really good if you're trying to prod. It's like the only way you have solo to not die one shot to something you've never seen. And also, it's good to practice monsters you've never seen. Now, you can get crazy with AoE pulls with Lethargy, but I think that's more like advanced, right? But they, just to mention, if you do AoE pulls, Lethargy is completely broken. You can go like, it's basically a floor wipe if you use it that way, right? Uh, so that's nice. Lethargy is also a okay, like, oh shit button. Like, if you, if you, Think you're in trouble, then you have like a, a second to use a lethargy and it might see, right? So it's an okay, oh shit button. And then one what's issue next? with lethargy. Oh. One. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say, Sly. I know it already. The shit that pops up after you let Yep. Fucking floors one to 30, lethargy is like, feels the worst because <laughs> the, the respawn. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this, why is this normal, like a normal fucking cast? Why aren't you slow? Oh. 
Mimics too. It's the same right? with the lures. Yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh, so what's the next new problem? The dread. Dread is weird, man, because it should be really good. But at, at least from my own experience, and I have a lot of experience just to like face. So, so I, of course, for me, it, maybe it's a little different, but Dread sounds really cool on paper. It sounded really cool like when we were reading about it, but like in practice, you don't really use the Dread ever. Because first, it's too rare. And second, you don't need to. So like all I do in my Dreads is just trying to keep all three for the last set and then blow them to kill the annoying monsters. And then you can, there's a, a, a vault on the Dread, right? You can put it on the boss, mm-hmm. but then I never have to. So it's kind of, it's a bit of a shame. It's going to be great for scoring again, but like for not scoring, it's not really useful. It's there though. Like if you're ever on a boss and your time is really sus, then you can use a dread to last the boss and, you know, maybe save the run. And then the last new thing, uh, am I forgetting a pun? Storms. 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 Storms is really good. I think, I, I think it's one of my favorite pumps because it's like a high, it's like a high risk, high uh, value pump ender. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not a oh shit button like Magicite. I, we did, we discussed that last time I was there. You know, like I said, Magicites are too easy and Sly heavily disagreed with me. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Storm. So, so Storm is like, it's not like a, a big oh shit button that saves your ass instantly, right? You gotta like plan around it. Now I would say that when there's a no region floor, it's maybe a little too strong, but they're yes. rare. So it's like, you know, it's like a, a healthy amount of RNG, I think. So I'm not too much against that. Uh, but overall, I like Storm because it's, it's like if you do, if you are not good and use Storm, you get maybe like a kill out of it, maybe two, or you die because you try to do something and you can't do it. Well, if you're good at using Storm, then it can easily turn into a 10 plus TL floor, right? And yeah, in one like shot. I see treasure rooms, treasure rooms, and then just AOE treasure rooms. And yeah. But you know what's funny, Sly, is I think that people have now learned one of the deepest not secrets of Deep Dungeon in that the imp witching is a massive bait. <laughs> I think people have finally, who are not familiar, learned that they do not reduce auto attack damage with imps, and uh, they have baited the witching storm situation and just instantly died many a time at this point. To a dread beast? A dread beast, or even just walking into a treasure room yeah. and getting too many imps and just standing in the middle of the room. I don't know. I think if there's no Dread Beast, you're not going to to die from imps. You should. I don't think you. But people do really wild things when they don't know. (laughs) When they don't understand how those things work. Like if you have Uh, 11 mimics in a room and they all get imps, you're like, oh, I'll just witching them and whatever. And (laughs) then all 11 (laughs) mimics just turn and there's like seven imps among them. You're like, oh. That's funny because on our for- first team run, we had exactly that scenario. We had a, a mimic treasure room on the last floor on the key. And so we, we had the thing went on where Aurora, who was playing Astro, would put a star and then someone would use a storm and then he would trigger the star, uh, to kill everything. But we messed up the last one. So all like 10 plus mimics pulled on Aurora and he, they did not instantly delete him. And we were like, wow. Because we were like, oh my, like if this was an MLI, you would be died. You would have died like ten times from like ten minutes attacking you. But in there, with his shield, he actually uh, survived, and we could witch in and clean them up. And uh, we were surprised to see that. So I, but I, I could understand if you get, you would get caught off guard by imps if you were not used to that kind of damage in the other two deep dodges. Because I think we, like us, were used to it, right? Yeah. So like for example, the um, what is it called? You know the guy that does the donut when you're in a group, the Falak, I think he's called. Yeah, the Kachexia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 
Like, this guy, for example, attacks you for about 11k per attack, right? So you have, like, what, 50k on the DPS, I think? So he kills you in 5 attacks, 5 or 6. So, like, I could understand things like that being scary for people that are not used to it. Because that's not really something you see in other content. Like, you don't really get attacked in dying 6 or 7 hit. Like, for us, it's kind of a joke. Because, you know, regen potion, defensives, and then you know it's never going to crit you anyway. So it's like... You know, so that's the big difference. The, the crits are gonna come up over and over, right? It's like, if you've got 20k, well, you're, you might die in level high, because the thing might crit you for 20k, but then you, that, you don't have that problem in, uh, in EO. Yeah. And, uh, the Demiclones, yeah, I want just to mention briefly the Demiclones, because they're like a, a new bomb, right? Demiclones are like, they're fun, they're weird too. I don't know, if, um, oh, I feel about them. Because Onion Knight's really strong. And maybe too strong. But then I feel like Yuna and Doga are maybe too weak. Like I, And they're like also super common when you get on the last two sets, the Demiclones. You find them like every mm-hmm. chest, almost. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Demiclones, honestly. Like they're... They're... I, I like them more than Magislites. But they feel like they carry too much because of their drop rate. I guess that's the way I feel about them. I feel like their drop rate is the problem. Not really the effects they have. Though I wish they made the U name Dora more useful. I so wish they made U name maybe, uh. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Une, what, do you yeah. mean? what do you mean? What, what is, what is Une? What is this Une y'all are talking about? <laughs> I don't Une, think Une exists. Une, I like to describe as you ever, you ever been to a party and the one person there, they really only know one person, so they came with that one person, but they don't know anyone else at the party. That's Une. That's, that's who Une <laughs> is. At the party, they're the person that doesn't really know anyone, but you're like, you're like, yeah, it's fine that they're here, I guess. But you know, Une Une <laughs> is Une is the old school Astro cards that weren't that weren't balanced. That that's Une. It's like they're they're like we only have two we only have two demi clones. What's this What's this third y'all are talking about? Like. Yeah, I mean, Doga, yeah, Onion Knight's the balance. Doga is is like the arrow and the spear, and then you know Une's the other three. Yeah, yeah, they really missed yeah, an opportunity like, with her because they could have made her like give you a shield that you know actually prevents you from dying or something. Right. Once. Yeah. But they they made her give you a shield which then makes it so you die from the three hundred k ninety damage instead of four hundred k damage. Right. So it's <laughs> like okay, <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> Yeah. It's nice for yeah. like some mobs that have like like the unicorns with the repeat knockbacks as it might absorb the hits and make you not get knocked yeah, yeah, yeah. But like would you ever see Yune and be like, Oh man, I'm gonna spend my onion knight and pick up Yune like no, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. Like Doga not even I well, love Doga. No. Don't talk shit. I about love Doga. Doga. I love Doga. Yeah, well Doga the thing about Doga is like Onion Knight like Onion Knight strongest. We all agree. Doga still can melt bosses. Doga can still I don't help. Fuck about bosses. Doga on bosses. I want that petrified. I want to just be able to ignore fuck everything. That okay? No, the, still listen, fuck I know that. you're still upset about the fact that you. Can, so, so Sly, I actually had it happen after you mentioned it. I didn't die to what it. Did I tell you? Yeah, if they if they finish the cast bar but get petrified, but it's a two part attack, they do the second part even though the first part was petrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I did. Like so, like the yeah. timing. Doga's timing in terms of like regular fucking mobs, like he'll do it, but I'm like, okay, like in my group, I'm like, okay, watch out after he comes out. If we don't kill him, just, just watch out. And I have to tell them that every time because we don't know what the fuck is going to happen once they snap out of it. Better yeah, be safe. Doga, 
Doga is like, uh, I avoid him in my runs if possible for this reason, because he's yeah, too dangerous on two parts of that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you petrify, you know the sewer guys? The guys that do like the front cone and do the back cone? Uh, so That's exactly yeah. the mob that happened yeah. Yeah. that I was referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this monster is a perfect example, right? And also he stores the, like, I don't know if you've seen that happen. It's not even the two parts attack all the it time. It can store so the a monster attack. will do. It store. Yeah. Stingray. Yeah, it stores it. I had it happen on a stingray. So for, you know how the stingray isn't supposed to knock back the first target that it jumps on, only the other nearby targets? Uh, if it gets petrified in the middle of the slam, you will become a, a knockback target, I learned the hard way. It's apparently like a radius in the spot it's landing and not the person. So, like, while oh. it's petrified on the slam animation, if you step out from where you were standing, then it'll knock you back, too. I learned that. We've had that happen. They, like, the, the ray was just pancaked on the ground. It was just, like, on the ground. Like, and then I think we killed it before that was going to happen. But, yeah, I, I think we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> I was solo and it happened. I was like, what the? F-? I went flying across a room and didn't hit anything. I was shocked. Yeah, so Doga is just very dangerous. I think that, w- I think honestly I would like them more if they just made Yune and Doga better and Onion like a bit worse. I think Yune should, she's, she's the healer, right? She should, she should give you some kind of shield that actually well, at least shields. she uses cure too. Yeah. <laughs> and then Doga should be like the Iwi guy, right? Like he does an Iwi Petri, so like give him an, an actual Iwi dot. No, like make him good in Iwi pulls, that'd be nice. Cause right now in Iwi pulls you've done nothing. Like you use Yune usually mm-hmm. just because she heals you and saves you potions, but that's it. Well, since we've gone ahead and t- tackled both the commanders and the demi clones, let's work in reverse. And so, Sig, demi clones we'll start with, and then you can go back towards the commanders of Lethargy Storms and Dread. Yeah, so I think with demi clones, um, in in general, I can see what they tried to do with them, um, but it. It's not very well executed, uh, Doga petrify bugs aside. <laughs> but just in general, it's, it's just not very well executed in the context of what they did with the rest of the deep dungeon. Um, because you could tell, I think, the idea behind it, um, at least for solo play, was they're supposed to be there to uh, make up for whatever weaknesses you had um, in the job that you brought in. Um, so I think the idea is, you know, if you're a DPS, then Une would be useful for keeping you alive if anything actually hit hard. Um, and if you were like a healer or tank, um, then I guess either Anya Knight or Doga would supplement your damage um, and put you kind of on par with DPS, which is a good idea. Um, but the problem is that uh, it turns out all that matters in this deep dungeon is just raw damage for the most part. Um, sometimes you can get some use out of Petrify, I guess, um, especially if you're AoE pulling or something. But when it really just comes down to damage mattering, um, then all you pretty much want is to just stock up on whichever ones give you damage. And it's it's a nice idea, but in it just doesn't work out very well. Um, and I'm not a big fan of them, and especially on the later floors, where you're uh, pretty much if you see a silver chest on the last two sets, there's probably like a 60% chance or so that you're going to be given one of these. And um, it's it's something that is kind of too powerful as a result at the frequency that you get it. Um, and it's just, 
it's just not very well executed in terms of the deep dungeon. Um, like I would almost say that if you brought, if you swapped out Magicites and Demi Clones in Heaven on High, um, that they might actually be, <laughs> they might actually work a lot better in Heaven on High, even though uh, it wasn't the deep dungeon that they were designed for in the first place. Um, so it's kind of a, a strange situation with Demi Clones and. I, I don't really like them in this deep dungeon, to be honest. You read my mind. I was literally, as soon as you were done talking, going to say that exact same thing. They feel like they're in the wrong deep dungeon. Yeah, yep, <laughs> definitely. Uh, well, I mean, since with that, then I'm, the, the commanders must be equally as either frustrating or interesting, I suppose, because they have a lot of different power packed behind them as well that I, I guess under the way you describe it, maybe don't meld or mix well with what this one does. Except yep. maybe Lethargy. That's, that's pretty much exactly true. Um, so that it's probably the most powerful set of three pometers that we've already, all, or that we got in any deep dungeon, because they always swap out three pometers in each one. Um, and like, for example, in uh, Palace or Heaven on High, you could see Lethargy being really useful. Um, in situations where you want to make up time. And so you multiple multiple enemies and use Lethargy to keep yourself alive so that they're not autoing you for as much damage. Um, in this deep dungeon, like Finn said, it's nice for um, prog, especially, um, slowing down mechanics. And, you know, there are some panic situations that you can use it in. Um, but it seems like where it's going to get the most usage is multipoles, which you really only need for scoring for the most part um, because time isn't as much of an issue in this deep dungeon. So you really don't need to multipole. And in a lot of situations, if you are multipoling, uh, you're either a madman like Finn and you're doing it for scoring or because you're bored because you've cleared like 10 times in a row or whatever. <laughs> Why don't you say if you're Finn, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like it's particularly useful within this deep dungeon. Um, I think moving on to storms, I really like the idea behind storms, but I actually wish that, um, like we noticed, what, probably a month and a half ago or so, that as part of like the 6.3 update, I think, that auto heal started to affect enemies. And we were like, is this a bug? Like, is this supposed to happen? Because before the auto-heal debuff on floors only affected us. So if an enemy was hit with, like, landmine damage or silver chest damage, it would regen health normally. Um, but suddenly with the 6.3 update, that changed to where their health would just stay the same. And it turns out it was an intentional change for storms. Um, but it seems like normally storms could be something that could take a, a good bit of skill and thinking to use. Um, but as soon as you see an auto-heal floor, um, auto field disabled floor. It feels like it's just like, okay, I'm just going to use the storms here. It's a free floor wipe. Um, so it, it kind of takes a lot of the potential thinking and skill that could come out of using that palm and kind of reduces it down to um, where it's not even a decision-making process. It's just, okay, I see an auto heal floor on the late floors. I'm going to use storms automatically. Um, I think... Um, and then with Dread, uh, I think it's another cool idea, and I like uh, the idea behind it, um, because 
I liked Rage in Palace of the Dead, where it's something you could use as a floor wipe, but it was still something that could be dangerous to use um, in terms of enemies doing damage to you um, and not necessarily being able to like heal or mitigate while you're inside the transformation. Um, but again, in this deep dungeon, because enemies aren't actually threatening from that auto attack damage, um, it's basically just, uh, it, it's just a free floor wipe. There's no danger or really thought that you have to put behind executing it. Um, you just use it and hit enemies until you get to where you want to go. Um, and you don't have to worry about any kind of threat that those enemies would pose like you do in Palace. Um, so I think it's a, interesting set of palms. Um, but like you said, in the context of the difficulty that we got in this deep dungeon, um, it it seems like a, kind of a waste almost, because it would be cool to see some of these palms in a situation like Heaven on High, um, where there's a bit more damage, there's a bit more danger from mobs, um, and you could probably uh, be a bit more creative in, with your decision making in terms of using them. Um, but in Eureka Orthos, it feels a bit wasted and, and a bit of a, a disappointment. Would you say that if they were present, and this is to both of you, if they were present in the other deep dungeons, that it might push them too much in the other direction of uh, easing them, I suppose? Or is, are we way past that point with all the job changes affecting the old deep dungeons? Because I know that's been one of the biggest precedents for the old ones. Yeah, I think definitely if, I think if these palms were put in the old deep dungeons, it would definitely make those deep dungeons easier. Um, I think this is by far the, the strongest combination of palms that we've gotten. Um, but I don't necessarily have, like I wouldn't have a problem with um, more powerful palms. Um, I think the, the thing that I have an issue with is um, whether those palms have some sort of decision-making or um, kind of like a, a skill level to use behind them. So, for example, like I was saying, if you brought these palms back to Palace or Heaven on High, then you could see Lethargy getting a lot of use um, for multi-pulling. And it's something that would still be difficult if you're um, trying to, to pull as much as you can under the effect of a Lethargy. Um, but it, it feels a, a bit more interesting than what Lethargy could be used for here, which is pretty much slowing down mechanics, and um, that's about it, because uh, you don't really care too much about the auto attack damage. Yeah, I agree. They wouldn't make uh, the other deep dungeons easier. Maybe except the demi clones. I think if the demi clones weren't MLI, it would make it, it would be a, a worse thing overall, but I still think, I think it, I would like it, actually. Because, you know, I, I just don't like match size. We talked about this in depth uh, <laughs> the last time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Lethargy, yeah, it would be great. Because, uh, like, what would it replace? It would replace uh, Frailty in Heaven on High? Yeah, Frailty in Heaven on High and Lost? Where? Yeah, which one does it replace in Palace? I think it would replace, like, Lost or Rezo yeah. in, in PewTD. Because mm -hmm. Lost and Rage are combined. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Lethargy would be fun in Heaven High, even above the Frailty. It would definitely make it easier if you knew what you were doing, but I think you, cause you know, like, even if you have a, a liturgy in Never High, like, if you pull 10 monsters, you can't, because, what, like, you know, like, that, that one second where they all attack you, you're going to die one shot. Plus there's crits. So, I, I actually, now that I think about it, I think liturgy would be worse in Never High than Frailty. 
Because I feel like your iwi pulls would still be very hard unless you were a tank, right? Probably. Uh, and you know, the, the storm, I mean, storm versus Petri. I, I don't know. I think I, I don't hate the pumps as much as, uh, Sig, but I do, I do agree that they're like in the wrong place. Cause I, I'm trying to think of their uses in uh, the other dimension. I, I don't, I don't even think it would make them that much easier. Cause they have gotten easier, by the way, over the years due to, uh, Potions getting buffed, potions healing more after the stat squish, the stat squish itself, making uh, some monsters easier, uh, job changes, of course, and all that. Uh, but I don't know. I would, I think, I don't think the palms are a problem as much as it's like, they're just in the wrong place. Okay. That's fair. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now there is one other thing that changed about the monsters on these floors, and that is the presence of three brand new ones that, uh, I think are the biggest gotcha moment that everyone probably had on the first day and that of the dread beasts. Uh, boy, uh, I think they found all the auto attack damage and threw it in the three mobs and the whole, and the entire, <laughs> the entire, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone here is thinking of to the first one that they pulled. I'm willing to bet right now. <laughs> How yeah. they felt about that. Yep. Was well, uh, last yeah. week the, the guests we had on talked about their first time with the Dread Beast. I want to hear your first time with the Dread Beast. Uh, uh, I'm not sure it was. Oh, go ahead. Our, it's the same experience well, for the two of you, I think. So yeah, because we were yeah. in a group together. Um, so I don't think it was the first Dread Beast we pulled, um, but I remember we pulled one on like 41 plus or 51 plus, and Finn died to it. Uh, so we witchinged it, it turned into an imp, and then it one-shot me from 100 HP. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, these things are uh, for real <laughs> at that point. Because, you know, I, I kind of assumed that they would probably also get stronger on higher sets. Um, so that, you know, if a 41-plus um, Dread Beast was one-shotting me as an imp, um, well... What what the heck are the the later floors ones gonna do to even a, a tank with defensives and everything? Um, but at least in a a group context, I I think they could be kind of neat. Um, they're definitely a, a challenge to to fight. In a solo context, it's kind of more so just a, a situation of do I want to use the storms against this and um, get the get the free kill, get the buff. Um, and since you pretty much only want damage in this deep dungeon, there's only one Dread Beast that's really you, worth killing um, and using a Storms against, unless you have a free Storms on the floor somewhere. So, Yep, read my mind. Once it's once again, two of the three Dread Beasts feel like they're in the wrong place. <laughs> Anything that's yeah. focused on keeping you alive, just, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Man, can you imagine if you had the def the defense Dread Beast or Region Dread Beast in Evan High? Like, holy shit, would that be great? <laughs> like, really in the wrong place. It, 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 it's funny because the first time we ran and we saw like we had a defense, but no, we never killed a defense, but we saw the Region one. We were like, wow, that's kind of nice. Now I see the Region one. I'm like, oh man, I gotta avoid this monster, you know, on the floor because it's not one shot me if I pull it. Uh, it, it's like Sig said, right? Like in, in a group, and, and by the way, my first experience was the same as Sig. In my first solo run, I did see a, a beast on like floor eight on Ninja, I think, and I went, I tried to kill it for fun, and it was, it did like 80% of my HP in, for, in one strike, and I was like, okay, so you don't, you just don't kill Dread Beast alone. Just use a storm for them. It's, it's like kind of whatever. It, it's, it's still a small decision to, you have to take, so I don't hate it, 
and especially because Dread Beast, you know, like the combination of a, reg- a no regen plus Dread Beast, it's it's rare, right? So you can't just you can't just storm a Dread Beast floor and then go pick up all the the loot. So you gotta like it's a little risky to do a Dread Beast with Storm because then you gotta pull it before, but then you gotta make sure it dies before it reaches you. And then you also like, if possible, you want to combine that with other uh, other monsters because like you want to use a storm to speed up as well, right? They're fun. So I, I like I like it honestly. I like the Dread Beast solo, like taking care of it, even if it's technically just a storm thing, because it's at least one monster that I have to avoid as well. You know, that's like it's literally the only monster I have to actually pay attention to what its aggro site is and you know see when he turns around. Everything else I just kind of grow and and if it pulls, I kill it. Uh, but it, it's like, it, it needs the buffs to be all good or they need to be RNG, but I would rather all the buffs were good. So like, for example, I, like the defense one could actually give you like, I don't know, a, a dead immune every 10 minutes, right? Or something like that. Like you can fail a mechanic every 10 minutes. Like if the defense one did that, I would go for it every run. No joke. And the regen one could just, I don't know, could regen you to full uh, no, that wouldn't even be, that would not be that good. Like, I don't know, I don't know what the region one could do, but like, I'm sure they could figure out a way where we would actually want to go for them. Because right now, my runs is just, I see a centaur, I see if the 30 minute buff, which is insane by the way, is beneficial, and if it is, I pick it up, right? It's, that's pretty much it for the beast right now. So I wish the two others were made, uh, useful as well. And I don't know what they were, like I don't really know what they were thinking when they designed it. It's it's like a weird decision, uh, weird um, design decisions. Because I when they added the damaged beast, I, it's like it made sense, right? But I I don't understand when they added the defense and region ones what they were thinking with the damage being that low. Like, I don't understand how you would come up to that conclusion. Like unless they were running with one eater pool, literally, right? Yeah, I think they just looked at what the auspices did and just did it in this form. Just copy pasted it, yeah, yeah. maybe. So, because, you know, the auspices are, are kind of the op, they're so rare and the buffs aren't that useful. So like, even if yeah. you see them, yeah, like you're not going to say no, as long as you can safely grab the buff here, you might actually say no. And in most of the times you will just say no, <laughs> but like, again, I think about using these in like palace. Let me, let, let, I, I would have to gauge like a no item floor on machinist. Like, can I kite this mob without actually using any sustaining potions or only with a second wind or having arm's length if I ta- do take a hit to make it slow? Like, I, all those are decisions I will think of if I get a no item floor. If I had the Lamia regen, suddenly a no item floor is a lot less scary. Just the idea of getting health back over time, even with no items or no auto regen. But here, it's just not a decision that needs to be yeah. made at all. Which is uh, largely yep. unfortunate. Pretty but, much. like you said, at least you have to avoid them. Yeah. yeah. It does at least one monster. Question. You, you stick them in palace, how do you even kill them in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, they're, uh, maybe they're susceptible to heavy. Although that doesn't matter because they can hit you from three rooms away, I learned. Their, uh, their range attacks have no limit. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I lethargied one and ran three rooms away, and as soon as it came out of the cast, it hit me, and I was like, <laughs> what? And it was the Maricidian dude where he just pokes you with the spear, but he poked me from three rooms away. It wasn't even like the lobby yeah. of throwing the fireball or anything. Oh. I don't know. That it, it seems like it could be cool, um, but again, it's just something that just wasn't executed right. Like I remember the the first day we were all freaking out because the the Lamia, uh, when it reaches a certain HP, 
or at like certain points, it uses Petrify. Um, and the, the Petrify gaze actually works on like mobs as well. So mm-hmm. you can get a free Petrify kill like it was a Heaven on High Petrify. Um, and we were like, wow, that, I wonder if we're actually going to be able to utilize it. And then you like just see the damage that it does. You're like, no, I'm not, never, <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> not. <laughs> not a chance. Where's the, where's the Lamia Demi clone that just, <laughs> that yeah, just exactly. does that? Wouldn't that be something? What if the Dread Beasts would just replace the Demi clones? And that was just what they all did. You had the, the Maricidian clone. They honestly, they kind of are in some ways. If you think about it, like there's there's a defense one, an offense one, and like a crowd control one, and a super offense one. Kind of works out that way. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Not really. Um. So okay, that covers the commanders, that covers the demi clones, the monsters. But then we have a, a, another huge directional change, and that of the bosses. I, I think Sfi said it last week. These are advanced dungeon bosses. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, yeah. And I, I guess last week we expressed kind of liking these bosses, even if they are very simple. It's just nice to have like a dungeon, like the idea of a dungeon boss that is to some degree threatening. But I wondered how a, a seasoned vet of deep dungeons would feel. Cause Finn, we talked about the heaven on high bosses not really being that popular, I guess, cause they're, they're all kind of very similar, maybe stand in one place. Yeah. Or, do one or two movements. And the palace bosses, on, on the other hand, are kind of like the ideal, especially for yep. 180 and a lot of the other stuff. Um, these aren't like either of them. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on these more traditional dungeon bosses that are kind of like all or nothing minus a few things being like Vuln stacks. Well, it's kind of like how I assume it would be when we thought about it. They're like, like when you don't know what they do, you just kind of have to know, <laughs> like, you, there's not, especially for someone like me. So we, we saw this a lot on the first day, by the way, like people would come in the chat, in our chats and be like, oh, this is like a dynamo acharya or a twister. You know what? This is a, a fire, like a buzja ice. And I was like, okay, like, that's nice, bro. But I don't know what the hell these words mean. So <laughs> like, that's kind of what every boss was like, like as a, as a veteran in DD, but that doesn't really do raids that much. Then all the mechanics, I had no idea what they did until they killed us or until we got lucky and survived it. And then, you know, we saw what it did. Uh, are they better than Avon High? Yeah. No contest. Like absolutely no contest. Are they better than PTD? I don't think they are. And and when I say PTD, I mean like 180, 190, right? Because the rest okay. doesn't really matter. It, because like again, it's like the auto attack uh, damage is not a threat. So all like once you know the mechanics, you just know them, and uh, that's it. Like like they they're cool, but I at this point I worry about the time I have left on them. I don't really worry about dying to them anymore. Uh, in fact, I use the clones on them just to speed them up. I, not even because I need to, just because they're so, so long. And they messed that up again. They made the HP scaling way too high again. My like, for example, I did Scholar 60 earlier. Oh. Uh, yeah. The, that's the Gozu guy. Yeah. It took, it took 12.30 with no palms and no demi clone. I was like, oh my god. Like, here we go again. And I bet you the 499 bus would take like 25 minutes on Scholar or something insane like that. <laughs> It's like they made them for dummy clones to be used against. So like you need the clone for them, like it's just not realistic. And the mechanics are fun like the first two times. Then after that you just kinda know what's coming. But I have to say the boss 
Uh, this is a spoiler, by the way, so if uh, you fine. don't want to get spoiled. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the bu- there's a bus on 99. I think that's sick. I know. I think that at this point, the bus is a little too easy for me because I've done it so much. Plus, it has a safe spot for the hard mechanic. But it's sick that there's a bus on 99. I wish this was in the high and beauty as well because it's it's very common in the two other deep dungeons that you get kind of like an anti-climatic last floor, right? Because the last floor you rage at usually, right? So it's like, oh, I'm on 197. I'm on the victory stretch. In EO, I still feel like that because now I know the bus really well. But it's it's sick to think that there's a bus right before like the finish line, right? And so so like I, I give that example, you know, Godfather and, and PTD. Like, what if they made Godfather the 199 bus? That'd be fucking insane. Like, terrifying. And uh, that's... I wish that's something... I hope that's something they, they do again. Like, a boss as the very last thing. And uh, But they need to make the bosses do, like, attack uh, damage again. Because, like, right now, they just do no damage. At this point, I've done it on, like, the Squishy's jobs. It's a black mage. And there's you don't even need a steal for any of them. Like, this, all the steal does is let you survive mechanics more, so... I'd argue steal's uh, so, most yeah. important on 10 and 20. Those are the two most auto-attack damage bosses of... The yeah, yeah, ten and twenty actually kick your ass a little bit with other attacks. It's kind of weird that the rest doesn't. Yeah, the rest of them. Are uh, like, they don't really. If you use potions, right? Like if you spam no, potions, it, it's not comparatively that, yeah. to the other, you know, seven bosses. They do way more auto. Yeah, attacks. yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that's my my, my opinion. I think they're better than Evan High, but they have the same HP scaling problem, and I think they're worse than PTD because they went too hard on mechanics instead of you know actually uh, auto attack slash guiding damage. And they have very static pattern as well, but I think that's more of a Final Fantasy XIV problem, you know. Everything is static. So, like, uh, for example, the goo, you know, the Guzu again, you know, he puts like orbs, uh, lightning orbs, then does the eight strikes. But, like, these lightning orbs have static positions. Like, they're, it's always the same pattern. So it's, I don't understand why it's like that. This is the, the same that it was for Onra. I, I don't understand why they're afraid of making RNG. Like, you know, like, why don't you just put the orbs in random places? Because they might butt you in one day. Yeah, okay. You know, like, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see that as a problem, you know. Uh, so that's like my biggest complaint, I would say, with the bosses. Sick, how are you feeling? Yeah, so it's been kind of interesting to, uh, both for me and for the Deep Dungeon community as, as a whole, to kind of see the reaction over time towards these bosses. Because, um, like, like Finn said, um, they're better than having on high bosses, but honestly, you could probably put like a striking dummy in the middle of the arena and just have people hit that for five minutes, and that would be better than having on high bosses. Um, so, uh, it's, it was a very low bar to, to reach there. Um, and, uh, also, like Vince said, kind of the, the standard by which we measure deep dungeon bosses is that Behemoth and Godfather 180 and 190 bosses of palace. And the the primary thing about those two bosses is that they kind of push just about every job to its limits. Um, and it's primarily through the use of auto attack damage. Um, so they're forcing the use of pretty much every mitigation, heal, um, everything that you have in your kit, um, trying to get the most out of it. And you can absolutely die to the mechanics that are part of that, um, at least for Godfather. Obviously, with Behemoth, um, the, the only mechanic at the end is just just the meteors, pretty much. So um, you're just racing against the damage itself. But for Godfather, 
Um, for example, like I've died to the mechanics to Godfather plenty of times, but it's more because I'm like stressed out about actually surviving the auto attack damage um, rather than because I just um, am having a, a hard time with the mechanics themselves. Um, and for Eureka Orthos, it's kind of, they took the opposite approach where the, the first couple of times the bosses seem tough because um, we didn't know the mechanics. Um, but a lot of the bosses, um, they, they just kind of, they just do mechanics. Um, they aren't doing auto attack damage. Um, I'm not sure if maybe the damage would be something worth noting if they actually like followed us around and hit us instead of just doing mechanics constantly. Um, but at the end of the day, all they're doing is mechanics. Um, and I think that's something that could be okay if they implemented something more along the lines of like the 99 boss, where it's going into a rotation of like five or six mechanics. But for most of the other bosses, it's just the same three mechanics repeated over and over and over. Um, and when they're expecting us to fight these bosses for, you know, eight to 10 minutes, if you're not using a demi-clone, um, then it, it, it kind of turns into a disappointment pretty early and um, brings back memories of the Heaven on High bosses. Um, so I think it, it would be nice. Um, my ideal deep dungeon if they would put in a mix of those bosses that are difficult because of their auto attack damage, like along the, the Godfather lines, and then bosses that are difficult because of the mechanics that they throw at you, um, kind of like the Floor 99 boss where it's a, a pretty good mix um, and a, a good like two or three minute rotation that it has, so you're not just seeing the same thing um, over and over in solo. Um, but I think early on we were like, wow, we're getting some real um, challenging mechanics for the bosses. Um, but now that we've gotten them down, it's like, all right, these bosses are pretty much just uh, a waste of time. You know, you just have to not make a mistake. You have to just make sure you have enough time to kill them. And that's all the bosses really are at the end of the day. Yeah, because even looking back at palace bosses, I think of, uh, what's a good example? Like the Oceanus one that heavies you, that, you know, you get the diminishing yeah. returns on it. Even that simplicity of just having the heavy and knowing there's an AoE to avoid, that's something that, like, the normal, like, the Yabby does that in EO. You know, so you could say that they're equatable, yeah. but there's a, something a lot more dangerous about it in palace in that you could just die to the auto attacks on top of that, so you're managing the audio, auto attacks and that. But that's completely removed from even the bosses here. I think mm -hmm. the only thing on the higher floors that even hits hard from the bosses, I, I think a light stream on the 490 boss, the random AoE it does between the first two support systems, that might be the hardest hitting thing most of the bosses actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can survive it easily with a push and rolling, even on yeah. low steel DPS, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Because like it stops affecting you right after. Mm -hmm. No, more than that, it's like, I don't know, 70% maybe? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then not only all like all the things you just said, but um, the fact that like, and I'm assuming like y'all are talking about um, mostly in a solo setting, group setting, you you have three other people. Oh boy, so, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you you have three demi clones. Is what you fucking have. <laughs> yeah. So you, essentially, you have seven people. So there, there's that. And then, oh, okay, like. Haps has a tweet about this. 
Yeah, yeah I, my guys at the four ninety nine Marco Ortho says a light party. Three onion nights, four string parameters. So you find one, you find one yeah. pretty much on the uh, well. You pop one on the last four and then pop Five the other one. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dread beast, dread beast damage buff, dread palm. Uh, five bone stacks, kill boss. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the palms seconds. and everything, like, in a group setting trivializes bosses. Like, yeah. it, it's in a group setting, they're so trivial. You know, it's funny, though. The mechanics on the regular mobs are way worse when you're in a group setting because they can fucking yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People die so often where they're just like, yeah, I was too far away, or somebody baits something, like, I, I, like in an undodgeable scenario. But as soon as you're alone, you're like, oh, thank fucking God there's not other people here. I'm so glad I'm alone right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, maybe it's a little psychotic to say so, but, like, as someone who usually plays solo and doesn't play group much, like, I'm looking forward to EO as the group beat dungeon the most because there's so many things you can use to just kill the other people that you're with. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like death. Oh, Cobb. you're that person. Yeah. You are yep, that person. Me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I rescued someone who had revelation casting on them and then moved away from everyone else, that's something you're going to try to do deliberately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, oh you're, my God. So, you're it's like, Oh, so look away. But then on the <laughs> other side, you rescue them through. So looking away is actually looking at the case. <laughs> That's so toxic. I love it. Um, yeah, it's weird. It is. I, I actually think this might be the better of the group ones. Because when I think of Palace and Heaven, and again, we touched upon it on the show about a month ago. You know, it's almost funny just to watch people be that way when you know what you're doing. But you know, like, okay, if anything happens to them, who cares? Like, I'll, I'll fix the whole thing. And while that's still kind of the case here... You can get away with it even even more easily. So you're even you're now you're willing to step it up and actually actively fuck with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did a group run. Yeah. Uh, uh, I actually found the time to do a group run with two of my friends. Three, two, no, two of my friends. And it was a, it was a way more fun than QTD and MLI, like way more fun, because they didn't know anything about what was going on. And even though I knew everything, it was still like really fun to see them, you know, die five times because they had that sludge. Then know it would reflect damage or pretty much die to like every single donut <laughs> that there was. Oh man, but yeah, no, I yeah, I did four runs to get them out with a group in a group setting, and they were all. I I, I was mildly stressed when some reckless decisions were made, but it was a lot of fun, I'd say. But the last boss, yeah, no, the onion, literally the last boss was 60 seconds. It was, he did, I don't think he gets to even do the first sword attack. No, he doesn't even get to do Soul's Caliber <laughs> when you do it with all the settings in a group. He just goes away and it's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah. So group setting, I think, okay, it sounds like that's one positive that we do have is that group settings might be hilarious, might be some meme runs. Um, scoring in a group, I'd assume Finn, you've also thought about that might also be, Still okay, given the health bars probably don't matter as much when you're... Uh, I have no idea how it's going to look, but yeah, I'm sure it's going to be fun yeah. to do a score runs probably, yeah. yeah. So there are some redeeming factors, but it does seem like the overall air about it from the people who do Deep Dungeon the most is that uh, there are too many decisions made for... Uh, I'll, I'll call, I'll say what Zeno said when we were on Mog Talk, the lowest common denominator. He went so yeah, far as to say that, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of tricky because I think um, going into it, we had the expectation that they might make the deep dungeon a lot easier for soloing, and that was actually something that I would have been okay with. I don't mind if they make it easier, 
Um, I think the problem that a lot of the deep dungeoners have an issue with is that they transferred the difficulty from previous deep dungeons from the decision-making side of things to just being able to execute mechanics. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I'm going to call out Angelus, but Angelus was like, uh, it's, it's good to see that they experimented with a deep dungeon and tried something new. Um, but I almost get the opposite feeling from this deep dungeon in that the, the thing that made deep dungeon unique in the past and set it apart, um, was that it was extremely RNG heavy and the main expression of skill was your ability to make decisions based on those RNG factors. And in this one, um, they kind of took that away and put the difficulty into making sure that you learn the mechanics and are able to execute them, which feels like pretty much any other content that you can find in the game. Um, so it feels like they took the experimental and unique um, things that made Deep Dungeon so different from other content, and they made it much more samey to everything else that they're making. Um, that's why, like, Finn referred to this as the Raiders Deep Dungeon, essentially. Um, it feels like it lost a lot of the uniqueness that the previous two Deep Dungeons had. Um, but I think we're still trying to take it in a positive light that this could attract a lot more people to Deep Dungeon. Um, it could bring back um, a lot more interest into Palace and Heaven on High as well. And at least for me, um, in terms of like content that can be queued solo, um, like I played a lot of Ostra, a lot of Eureka, um, a lot of the Deep Dungeons, and to finally have somewhere that I can actually utilize the 90 kits um, in, that, in a situation where I can just queue in solo whenever I want. Um, it's, it's nice to have, and I think I'll still have a lot of fun with it. It's just not quite what we were hoping for out of a deep dungeon in terms of the kind of challenge that we got for solo players. Yeah, I agree with, uh, oh, sorry, you want to drop? No, I was just agreeing. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I agree with, with Sig mostly. I think me, I'm thinking it a little less worse, uh, sorry, I'm thinking it a little less worse because like me, well, two things, right? First, I've never really raided, so it's kind of new, shiny, you know, raid mechanics I've never seen. And second, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of boosted my streams a lot, uh, with EO, <laughs> right? Like the viewership. So it's, it's like, even if I try not to, I'm, I'm making that association in my head, right? You know, like it is helping me. So I think this is helping me also see EO in a better light. Uh, but I do agree with everything I just said. And like, uh, like we both say that at this point, it's, it's, it it wasn't made for people that really enjoyed the two last deep dungeon. It was made for people that did not did not enjoy them. Uh, we talked about this last last time we were on the podcast with uh, Eurotra and Bosja. I had a similar opinion about Eurotra and Bosja. I said I said that I felt like Bosja was the Raiders Eureka. and that's I think that's exactly like the way EO turned out. So you know, in inside should not have been surprised because <laughs> you know there was a precedence to it. And uh, well, there was something I wanted to say, but I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Angela said, it's, uh, no, that wasn't that. Oh, anyway, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, so it's, I'm still having fun though, but yeah, I will get bored of this one, uh, faster than the others, definitely. 
And I'm, I'm happy if people, they get into EO, and because they get into the EO, they go back uh, to check out PTMLI. Well, I'm going to be honest, it's hard to sell the fact that you're going to play with level 60 and level 70 toolkits after you've played with level 90 toolkits. Like, it's real hard. There's some jobs that don't suffer too much from it, like Red Mage, a little bit of Samurai, but, like, even then, there's, like, a, you know, like things like Black Mage. It's hard sell, man. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you good yeah. news from the raider perspective is that most people in level 90 raids also don't use their level 90 toolkit very well. So maybe it'll be an improvement in some ways. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, <it'll be. laughs> maybe. If anything, it, it's almost to me now looking back interesting to think of doing more with less. So, like, I, I actually look at it kind of now in the opposite light after a week and a half where I think, like, oh, well, if I only have my 60 toolkit, I'm almost thinking about how that changes the way I'm going to play. And yeah, might I miss some things from the higher level? Sure. But I don't know. I, I think about it almost a little differently. And I, I kind of hope other people think about it that way too. Just, you know, working yeah. within the constraints. Because that's kind of what Deep Dungeon always was. It was working within the constraints of whatever you have in a given situation. And in this case, it just happens to be your level 60 and 70 kit for the earlier ones. Yeah, it is very sad. This is dungeon. I've I've filled that a lot. I I'm not getting pushed to use my toolkits at all. In fact, like all my runs, there's always like a thing that I do super wrong, and it still never matters. Like you know, like ninjas uh, rejuice, I think at max level. Uh, you know, like you get a lightning strike that he can use after every raid. Then mm -hmm. I probably burned like ninety percent of them and never used them, and it's it still didn't matter. Uh, my my storm eye upkeep on my warrior was garbage. Didn't matter. My, my, uh, dancer never aligned anything, didn't matter. And also, there's all, all the defensive buttons were like never used for any of these jobs. You no, know, it's, there, it's kind of a shame that we have the shiny toolkits, but we don't really get to push them. At least in the context of just trying to clear. And, uh, it's also, I don't know if you, if you were going to talk about this later too, but uh, as we talked in the podcast with Angelus, uh, a few weeks ago, it, we were all caught off guard, like very off guard by the way they designed this place. Because I, I, I am sure you remember, all of us agreed that we were, we didn't know how they would balance things, you know? Because it was just, we just assumed auto attacks would be the same. Like it didn't make sense for auto attacks to be gone. Like it made zero sense. So we just assumed like, okay, how are they going to balance the tanks? Like tanks are going to be broken. And uh, like now it comes out and we're like, wow, tanks actually are not that good. But that's because they, 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 they made it like so different. Like it's, it's, I don't think any of us were prepared for it. So, and yeah, I think it's, you're going to see like that opinion from like anyone that did a lot of PUT and MLI is going to be like sort of disappointed. But a lot of people that didn't do it, I think are going to be happy with EO. You know, I think it's going to be like the, the general sentiment. I mean, I'm sure you've, I, I don't know in your chat, in you guys chat, but in my chat, I've seen a lot of people are like, I love EO. Because, like, there's no RNG, right? Like, I don't get uh, screwed by, like, a, a doom, no item. It says it right and... there in my chat about five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I'm happy they did those changes. Getting four gloom floors in a row with crappy palms only to die mid-behemoth is not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I don't want to diminish the, the people's opinions. But yeah, like, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of people that feel like that, right? Like, they straight up feel like that. So, like, I, I, I'm disappointed with EO in ways, but I also understand why it came out that way. Now, of course, my selfish opinion is that I hope it wasn't like that. But, you know, uh, that's life. I mean, I'm still having fun with it, uh, and, you know, MLI and QT are still available to me, though I wish they let us still use the toolkits in there. I wish they one day just do, like, a patch that lets you go in max level or something. Unreal? Like Unreal Deep Dungeon? Unreal yeah, Unreal Deep Dungeon. Just make it happen. <laughs>
It'd be so fun, man. I, it's, I don't know. They, they take a lot of weird decisions. Like, just another thing about the achievements. You may have noticed the, you know, there's a 10k bag achievement. There's a 20,000 bag achievement. Yeah, there's a 20,000 one now. But Why they added they that. <laughs> I know, right? But they, so they, they sat around a, a table, right? Or whatever. They sat at home because they're work from home. And then they were like, okay, which achievements does, does the deep dungeon community need? Should we add an achievement for clearing on more than one job? No. Should we add an achievement for, you know, clearing like more than four times? No. Should we add an achievement for 20k bags when there's not even a hundred people that have 10k bags? Yeah. Okay. So they added that achievement. And then, you know, no achievement for omni clearing, no achievement for clearing on more than one job, no cool like achievement that like, oh, do this, like do a run in five hours or I don't know. It's like, it is a weird decision. It's a scoring edge decision though. You know, I see scoring edge in that, but. It's an easy one. Like, there's no thought that needs yeah. to go. It's like, whatever. Just do it. It's like, you know, every every expansion gets hunt achievements. Sometimes they add a new old hunt achievement for, like, even, like, 10,000 S ranks, A ranks, whatever. You know? Yeah. I, I'm honestly the most, I think by far the, the thing that pisses me off the most in that whole thing. It's the, when I saw the 20k achievement, someone, like, told me in my chat, and I, I checked it. I was like, wow. They dared to add a 20k achievement, and they did not even add, like, an, a solo achievement more than clearing was. I was pissed. And I'm still pissed, and I'll be pissed until I, I die probably. So <laughs> that's, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time, man. I'm gonna remember that one. It's gonna be, it's gonna be on your epitaph. Be like, still pissed. I think, if, I think if there's a 30 catch email on the next deep dungeon. I just flip all my all my air out. I will, who, what's the strategy for even doing that? What, just run like the 10 fastest floors and like in, and I guess heaven and just 21 to 30 and just try to get as many as, like, what's even the plan for trying to do that? I've uh, heard you gotta, the, uh, yeah. strategy is you take an 11 plus file where you have a intuition. You use the intuition, see if there's a, a horde on floor 11. If there is, you get it and then you reset. Oh, right, a, because it counts as soon as you open it, it, even if you don't get to keep it. Yeah. Oh, yep. my right. God. So you just that's... keep <laughs> with that file of intuition. <laughs> that's the um, worst. I think uh, somebody said they did, like, got, like, 415 hours. I think I calculated <laughs> it out, and you'd have to do it for, like, uh, like 770 hours or something <laughs> to get. Is it weird that now that you've said that to me, I want to do it? Is it weird? Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did the ocean fishing achievement. I guess it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but this is, this is way worse than that. Oh my God. I just, it hurts. It physically hurts to even hear that being the way to do it. But like, <laughs> what's the title for, is there anything for the 20,000? Yeah, yeah, cursed. Twenty thousand. Oh, I thought for some reason cursed. I thought that was already the accursed. Yes, it's the accursed horde. I thought that was for ten thousand. Is there one for ten thousand? A title? Yeah, ten thousand's hoarder. <laughs> Gee, they went. They're so fucking original between the two titles. They're like, well, it's called the accursed horde. Let's well, we use one word. Let's use the other one. It's a pretty good title though. The accursed. Yeah, they, they hoarder. Both of them are pretty. It's very. They're very good. Yeah. It's no world class troller, but I'm unironically like. I'm like, should I try this? <laughs> I think I have like 300. You know, I'm almost there. I'll be there in no time. Yeah, you're close. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so unconvinced. Yeah. 
Well, um, okay, so that pretty much covers the majority of, I guess, the actual gameplay mechanics around it. I do want to, I guess, on my note, give shout-outs to a couple of things that I think they really did know that people wanted. The music variety is top-notch. <laughs> I think they did a yes. way better job. Even if I feel somehow there's so many tracks and some of them still just play so frequently. But they have the entire Pulse album. They have, like, a bunch of Shadowbringers dungeons. There's, there's a lot of tracks. They even have the Cerberus stomach music. The muffled version? Yeah. yeah. Like, I keep getting that, like, every so often, and I fucking hate it. Yeah, it, there's variety, all right. I don't know if all of it is uh, what I would have put in, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of good music, at least. But there's some weird ones, like the you know dubstep, the hardcore dubstep. I will never like the long fall. Yeah, the long fall dubstep. Yeah, is it the long fall? Yeah, that's like, that's one of the more, yeah. That's one of the more divisive yeah. pulse tracks as a whole. I'm just glad no, Heroes didn't like play. <laughs> I'm just glad Heroes. I still didn't. like it. Yeah, it's okay. I think it gets worse as soon as the dubstep part kicks. I think it's good until the dubstep part. Kick, actually kicks out. Yeah, and the um, gun reload sounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the uh, I, I prefer the mount choice here. Uh, not the crab in particular, the one for four clears, which is the floor 70 boss. I thought that was, uh, that was for me, I prefer that over, what is it, the dodo and the horse from Heaven on High? Yeah. So the, yeah not yeah. a fan of either. The dodo's funny, but I don't, I don't want it. The crab's whatever. Mm. I don't really care about the crab either. The other crap is better. Um, the story and the lore put into this one really makes me wish they'd fucking explain Palace of the Dead past 100 now because we really have that's no fucking a, idea what the hell is going on there. Yeah. That's a lot of floors to explain. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at the lore at all. That they yes, <laughs> well, they, they put a lot of effort. I mean, there's cutscenes for beating 30. There's cutscene for beating 100. That's a follow-up to the old Crystal Tower quest line. That also has follow-ups to other quest lines. There's references to other quest lines. And you can get a synopsis of all the lore of all the bosses as well. So Yeah, um, I think both me and Finn skipped that on our team. <laughs> all of it. So, yeah, I, I read I it really fast. Watch any of it. Yeah. Although I will say the 450 Palace lore, quite good with Etta. You know, that's uh, that definitely gets a, a big one up. Have it on high, not so much. It's just kind of basic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what, what else was there? Um, just I guess the reward structure in general. I, I feel like they've already proven this before, but Palace of the Dead's Accursed Horde plus Orthos Fragments plus, uh, 104 Fragment reward structure has always been kind of good. It's, it's surprisingly lucrative when there's less people doing it and quite rewarding for people who have never done it before. It's way better than Criterion at the very least. <laughs> Low bar, but way, way better than Criterion. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, we made a lot of money, but we do it so much that I don't know if we're good examples, but yeah. I mean, the bags, uh, the bags are just free money. Like, if you know how to play the dungeon, I mean, I have like, what, 500 million at this point? You know, it's just, it's just from the bags and a little bit of crafting, but mostly the bags, so. So, they've proven some things wrong, and also tomes always work for me here. I mean, the tomes, tomes are money in one way, and tomes are, in my case right now, uh, relics. People were like, oh, I wonder if they'll put relics in the deep dungeon. Well, 60 astronomy tomes per clear. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, they are how I get the new relics at this point. So there's there's little things like that that they still, I feel like they got right. And at the very least, 
want to give them some credit for that. But overall, I mean, I, that's the things they brought back, right? Like that's just the things they brought back from yeah, the other ones. Things that work. Yeah. Some of them they work. Some of them are updated. Again, I feel like the lore is really a big standout. Oh yeah, me. the lore definitely. Yeah, because yeah, like Heaven on High, you're kind of just left to think that a dodo got stranded on floor 100 and made a nest, and that's it. And it's there's that there was nothing else. And then 200 Palace, you're just like, is this hell or purgatory? I don't. I don't understand. Also, the design of the last 20 floors, I'm glad they went with another kind of super creepy, deep-into-the-earth design. Oh, yeah. It looks better than PewTD, which I didn't think would be possible. I didn't think it would make something look better than PewTD, but the whole, like, 81 to 100 stretch, I'm like, my God. Man, the first time we zoned into that in the group run, we were, like, blown. <laughs> like, we were blown away. When we entered up floor 100, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> it looks so yeah. good. If you've never yeah, seen the Floor 100 and you're listening and you want to clear, try not to spoil what it looks like to you because it looks so good, man. I love it. Even the yeah, Floor 90 and 99 boss arenas, if you stop and like look around. Yeah, yeah, they have like the whole, uh, yeah. So, there's, there's, there's places. I know, I don't think most people would argue with that environment and sound design are places they classically struggled, but I know with, Honestly, that does speak to one disappointment with this. Am I the only one who was not glad to see the mining floors of Palace return from 31 all the way up to 80, or 41 up to 80? I didn't understand yeah, why the they used those again. Are, they're an interesting choice, especially because they put so many uh, enemies that you need to LOS for in those floors, and those are just like notoriously hard room layouts to, to find LOS yeah. spots in. So it's... Uh, yeah. It's uh, I I wasn't particularly happy to see the return of <laughs> the cave floors, but um, I don't know. I I do enjoy the the rave cave meme. Um, when you get the the dubstep going there, uh, <laughs> is the dubstep good? Rave I, cave. I, uh, not really, but uh, at least it's uh funny to to have it going on with all the the multicolored crystals in there. It's too bad the Mithridates isn't there. He'd be perfect for the rave cave. Yeah, exactly. Bringing the the laser light show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, it's uh, the the trap layout in the donut floors is also quite deceivingly annoying. Uh, there, any place where there's like a crystal that pushes you kind of inward becomes this like massive yeah. risk. So uh, yeah, you almost have to follow the inside of the wall instead of the outside. But even then, it's uh, I've sighted a few of those, and it's been kind of scary. Well, like massive yeah, risk, you know, like what risk? Because I have worse related <laughs> <it's> alluring. <laughs> True. Worse related alluring and witching, you know? Like, I think the worst that can happen is you have a ninja guy on you and you hit a landmine. But like, other than that, there's not much that can kill you. Oh, yeah, we forgot about the ninja. We didn't forget. Oh, it's just that that's, some old, that's something that really only affects you if you've all, if you're either paying no attention or you really fucked up. But those ninjas are hilarious. Yeah, you really fucked up and hit a landmine. That's some old 11 type bullshit. The whole like blood aggro. Well, that's like, not I blood just, aggro. That's about... blood murder. They, that's literally. <laughs> blood. I'm surprised the sharks don't do that. In all honesty, they don't try to just bite your fucking head off if you get low on health or something like that. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say though, when uh, I think Seg mentioned, mentioned a line of sight, that's one of the things I was very happy to see with you. You kind of embrace the line of sight because that's something we discussed too in the last podcast. I was like, the line of sight traps in Evan I are a little jank. I thought it would be done, but they went, they, they embraced them full time, man. There's some monsters that you actually cannot do if you don't line of sight. That's, that's nuts. I, I didn't think they would do that. Cause I remember the first time we pulled the wolf 
we were like, wow, like you can't start it, you can't sleep it, you can't interrupt it, like you gotta hide or you're dead. Like there's no love, love to see that. And then they kind of removed the line of sight on the last two floors, which is a, a, a little bit of a shame. That's two sets, I mean, sorry. Yeah, and it they, was really fun no with mechanics the for it. I like they know they got rid of it, so there's also yeah. nothing to actually do. I actually have line of sighted something with the the bridge, <laughs> the tiny little like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eight difference. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. one was it was really? it was here, and then the little the little tiny like thing here, and then I was here, and it was like, yeah, that's it. You've line of sighted it, and I was like, okay, I'm not never relying on that, but glad to know that it works. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Hmm. Uh, in the the twenty one and thirty one set, the the what we call the soup bowl hallways, the ones that dip down really oh, far. Oh God, those are so um, yeah. So you can like uh, set up the enemies so they're standing right next to you, um, but because the height difference is so extreme, neither of you can hit each other. So you both just kind of stand there awkwardly right next to each other, just looking <laughs> at each other. Yeah, those of uh, those of. Those have caused some issues in the past. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of weird stuff like that. Either way, I hope that it's not another four or five year wait for another Deep Dungeon. Uh, I'm, Please. I'm sure, cause, cause now that this one's gone this way, I'm already thinking about, I, I, we talked about this again a month ago, things we wanted to see, and now I've had, been doing this, and I'm thinking about, now I want to see this but Savage. That's the next thing here, point five. Savage, where it actually has auto attacks and there's a little more randomness to it and whatnot. Yeah, I think there's maybe some copium, but uh, <laughs> I'm also hoping that they take Alice and uh, uh, add like another fifty or a hundred floors to, to to this one. Um, but but yeah, hopefully it's not too long until we see another one. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're watching and they see just how much traction this one's getting. And yeah. even though I'm worried about how long. Uh, it might survive over time. I mean, there's no doubt that this one has gotten a ton of attention. Um, I think we're a week and a half in, and there's been, I checked this morning, there's been over 930 solo clears already, um, which is absurd because, I mean, probably in Palace and Heaven on High. Um, I mean, Palace, there were two solo clears in all of 2018. Um, and then it like barely picked up pace past then and it's kind of been slowly increasing. But the idea that any of the other deep dungeons would be cleared 900 times in, in two weeks is, um, is just absurd in terms of how many people are doing it and how many people are enjoying it. And there's still lots of people that are going in and getting second, third, 13th, 19th clears. So, um, you know, it's it's still the popularity that the Deep Dungeon is seeing does make me very hopeful um, that Square Enix sees it and um, they look to to implement more in the near future, hopefully, or maybe not the near future, but hopefully not in five more years. <laughs> I'm sure there's must make be you some... scared. Oh, though. sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, I was I was going to say it must make you scared that uh, they'll say that this one's doing good, right? Because then if they release a new one. It would probably follow the same formula. Read my mind. Yep. That's what I was going to say. That is scary. Oh. <laughs> I got a lot of mind reading going on in this one. So, would you? So, would we want? Um, 
for maybe looking forward to next expansion? Would we want, um, you know, deep dungeons at the same rate we're getting ultimates? So like two that per nuts. <laughs> Two per expansion. That would be that would nuts. be amazing. I don't know if they could do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're asking me if I want two two chains instead of one. So, like, of course, yes. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I mean, it would need to be of a still of a high quality, you know? Because I, I don't think yeah. he owes low quality. I just think he has problems uh, with his design. Well, I, I think it's actually pretty high quality. They also fixed his painting, by the way. We didn't even thought of that, but I tried. Yeah. I did try to do spin strats yeah. on a mob. So, they, fins, they fixed spinning, but it doesn't matter because nothing hurts, but they still fixed it. So, I mean, clearly they were listening to feedback, you know? And clearly they were listening a little bit to feedback. So, me, there's a chance that they would make the next one a little more like Beauty and the Eyes. Yeah. And, yeah, of course, if we could get two, we would be sick, but, you know. I remember our group run, one of the first things that Finn and Aurora checked was if spinning was still in there. And they were like, nope can't spin these and i was like hey maybe this deep dungeon will take more than a day to to clear solo and it nope. ended up taking 22 hours anyways nope. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. yeah and i you know i'm still just hoping to see more I, I again we talked about a month ago more randomness i mean why why couldn't there be you know it says now we have the dread beast stalks the floor you know i i, I did say i wanted bosses to appear on floors like mini bosses to appear on floors I did kind of get that. It's just not all the way there. Now I want to see goblins that wander and they just steal your palms and then try to run away and teleport. <laughs> that's, that's the next thing I see. I don't know. The, the dread bosses are more like mega bosses. <laughs> that's true. They're harder Even than strong, anything yeah, else that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I still, again, it's one of those things that there's just so much room to go in so many ways. And this way went that way. Like it went. In some ways that are kind of interesting, in other ways not. But then none of it really matters just because the mobs aren't threatening enough. Yep. It's kind of the end of it all. I think that's pretty... I do think they would multiply the damage of two by two and it would be better. Like, in every way. I, I, do, I don't even think it's a, it's a problem that's, like, that difficult. Like, they just go in their code, man, and they, they take the attack damage value, multiply by two, and I think the dungeon is much better already. Like, it's really not much that's missing. Maybe they'll do it. Like I said, maybe, maybe Savage. Yeah. Savage, double yeah. all damage. That's it. Maybe they add a modifier option and then an achievement to beat it with the modifiers on and then one achievement to have every modifier on. Like yeah. perma, fog of war, you can never see the layout of, of the of the floor. And stuff like oh, that. Oh, you're you're getting you're getting to Hades for the shit. No, Why not? No. Come on, that's what it is. No. I mean, it's not, Fuck. but it is no. at the same time. Listen, Sly, we've just because we've got good ideas and you don't agree with them doesn't mean they're bad ideas. It doesn't mean they're good either. It absolutely means they're good. <laughs> no. Okay, if they could, if they did, sh okay, let's ask the professionals. If they did shit like that, where they could like hide the layout of the floor permanently, or there were goblins walking around that could steal your palms, but you could also kill them for rewards or choose to avoid them, was that Hiding better the or worse of the for floor you? Permanently, that's just you without a fucking sight. That's it. Yeah, I think uh, if they do add stuff like that, um, and it's something that we could put on as like options, it'd be pretty cool because. Uh, for people that have been paying attention to the deep dungeon community, um, like Omniclears, like Finn and Aurora and stuff, and Angelus, uh, they kind of just have to make up their own challenges at this point. Um, so having Square Enix actually uh, give us the options within the game for some additional challenge would be 
definitely something that I think um, some some of the higher tier deep dungeon runners might be interested in, um, depending on what those challenges actually end up being. Um, the number one thing I want is a seed generator, so two people can have the same exact seed and race against each other. That'd be sick. That'd That's be the sick. number one thing that I want. Yeah, that would be very cool. It's, uh, I guess, it's supposedly possible. Apparently, if you queue in at the exact same time, you get the same seed. Um, that's the the rumor. Or, well, I don't know if it's a rumor. Or it, it's basically proven now in the deep dungeon community. But Yeah, you get the same set. It's it's proven. Like, if you go in the, the same set at the same second, I think, or same frame, you get the same layout and key placements, but the monsters are random, I think. Yeah. But good luck coordinating that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I listen, I just, I want more options for you guys because I think this content can go in so many interesting ways and I want to see them do it because it's just, it's cool. It's content. Slot. Yeah. It's our content. It took five years, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to go back to Palace. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, the biggest change we had before that was like when they buffed the potion to 30 seconds instead of 15, we were like, holy shit. Dread and Rezo got so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, uh, we're at about time here. But before we wrap up, I want to give you a chance to share any thoughts that you may not have gotten out. Not something I may not have uh, asked or you may not have answered. So floor is yours for the next few minutes, and then we'll start signing off. Hmm. All right. So that's a – I get this question all the time. Like, which job is the best for you? Like – EO is not structured the way you think it is if you've never been in EO. EO is like you just learn the mechanics. And once you learn the mechanics, your favorite job is your best job, right? Unless you play Euler. And if you play Euler, you're going to sweat a little more. Uh, but if you're playing like a DPS or a tank, it's like everything's fine. And I think that's kind of the complaint we have, right? It's like everything, it doesn't matter what you play. If you've done it once, you've done it on everything. So like right now I'm at 13 clears. No clears have been different. Like, it's always the same thing. So, like, all the jobs are viable, kind of. So, that, if that's your thing, like, if you want to... Because that's the way EO is. That's the way you should approach it. EO is like you go on your favorite job and you just you just get it done. You get your title. So, I would approach that content like that. If you want to carry multiple jobs, I, w- I would say this is where EO shows its bad colors. Carrying one job, it's fine. Carrying multiple jobs, very repetitive. So, I would just... This is like the by far the 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 biggest difference between Everai and, and PUTD and EO. It's like PUTD and Everai, every job has its own tactics, its own plan, its own like strategies. EO is all is always the same, almost for every job. So, uh, and I overall I am not I'm not disappointed. I'm not that disappointed. Uh, sorry, disappointed with EO. I do wish it was more like the other two, but like I'm still having fun. No, I'm not going to have fun for as long as PewDiePie and I. I don't think there's any way. It's just, it's just too repetitive. But it's still fun, especially if you don't plan on doing it like a hundred times like us. Uh, and that's about all I have to say about EO on my side. Yeah, I, I think for me, I don't have too much to add. Um, like I said at the start, I think Ben and I have kind of come to the same um, conclusions. Um, we've seen the same things in the deep dungeon. Um, but I think our like final opinion on whether or not that's actually a good thing or fun, um, is, 
is pretty different in that sense. So I do think the the lack of variety um, that comes from uh, kind of a, a lack of importance in RNG and decision making um, kind of takes away a lot of the longevity that um, has the other deep dungeons have, has kind of been blessed with, basically. Um, and to to see that in a piece of content that we've waited five years for, and we're kind of expecting to have to play for, you know, another couple of years before we ever have a chance at a fourth deep dungeon, um, definitely is, it's a, it's a big disappointment to say the least. Um, so I think the, the hope is going forward, um, even if there aren't any changes in this deep dungeon, um, that at least um, Square Enix would um, would see what the solo community thinks of Deep Dungeon, um, and hopefully provide um, a, a better experience. And whether that's through um, the introduction of new things and trying to experiment, um, or if it's going back more to the roots of what were in the first two Deep Dungeons, I don't know. Um, but hopefully in the future, um, you know, some of our, our thoughts and opinions on these things are heard in terms of what we've seen in Eureka Orthos. I think that's completely reasonable and fair. Well, with that, it's about time to let Finn get back to his solos and Sig, whatever you've got <laughs> planned today. <laughs> Finn's like, come on, I gotta get it. I gotta get number 14. Come on. <laughs> and uh, the world first race is is, is intense uh, for the Omni. I thought this would be kind of like semi-casual, you know? Everyone going at their own pace. There's like three people above nine tiers already, and well, including me. And that, that, it's just so consistent that like, I do not expect them to fail a single run. So, like, I, I have to get this until, like, I have to get this by Monday or I'm going to lose it. Because we can get two tiers per day. Well, then let's get this wrapped up so you can get it done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Thank you, both of you, for taking the time to be on the show to talk about Eureka Orthos. feel like we had a nice balanced discussion about the content, and hopefully they'll be hearing all the feedback that the Deep Dungeon community has. But shout out to the sponsors real quick. Thank you again, those on Patreon, for supporting. You don't have to. You choose to because you don't get anything special out of it except a quick I love you and apparently Ivy destroying my hands just because she's bored. That's about it. And thank you to our other sponsors, Steel Series and Advanced GG, for supporting as well. And with that, we'll allow our guests to sign off. Sig, where can everyone find you at? What are you working on right now? Yep. So I can be found on Twitch at Sig9TV, uh, the number nine, uh, not spelled out. Um, and, I mean, over... The next few months, you'll see me working through Eureka Orthos, probably work towards an OmniClear eventually. Um, but Deep Dungeon is really the, the only content I stream. Um, and I'm sure at some point, you know, people will see me back in Palace and Heaven on High as well. Um, so uh, that's where they can find me if they want to see a bit more of that um, content, for sure. Thank you. And Finn? Uh, me, you can find me under Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, under the, this name, Finn Bizal. Uh, good luck spelling it, but, uh, it's F-I-N-H-B-E-Z-A-H-L. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's hard to pronounce letters when you're not, uh, and when it's not your first language. Anyway, so you can find me under these. So right now I'm going for my Omni for EO, 
Uh, we're 13 out of 19. Hopefully, uh, I can get two clears per day and get it done by Monday. And then after that, I will just uh, score in EO, uh, you know, real score runs. Uh, and then uh, that's what I stream most of the time. I stream Deep Dungeons, PUTD, MLI, EO, and, and uh, a little bit of variety games, but mostly Deep Dungeons. All right. Well, thank you, both of you, for taking your time again. Sly, what you got going on tonight? What you got going on this weekend? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. Uh, tonight, I, tonight I will be DJing at Lore because Sina is out on holiday, I guess, enjoying, enjoying his vacation. So I'll be DJing at Allure tonight. Uh, as far as like what I got coming up, of course, more deep dungeon group runs until we get the clear. Um, back on 11, uh, next week is probably going to be the worst fucking day because I'm doing Treasures of Ottergon. Yeah. Why is that the worst? It's one of the better Nausea. ones. No. No. Um, uh, yeah, that. Uh, Trails with the Sly is back because Trails to Azure is out, so I'll be doing that. Uh, Resident Evil out next week. So, fun times. Head by all. Yay. Haps, what you up to? What's going on, man? You can find me, Mr. Happy127, everywhere. Just prepping a bunch of video content for the Yub Tubs, trying to stay ahead of that. Working on a deep dungeon guide, which is really just more of a general overview of all the most dangerous monsters and what the boss mechanics actually are. And that guide is looking like it's going to be roughly one hour long. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's going to be a fun after stream today. Other than that, back on count up, skipping a lot of stuff until then, finishing up Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, then probably getting to the incentive for a Final Fantasy VIII Randomizer. I want my Final Fantasy IX. And then I can move on from there after that. So that's going to be the next several months is just counting up to Final Fantasy sixteen. Maybe throwing a Devil May Cry 5 playthrough at some point just to get people familiar with what they can expect before sixteen actually comes out. With that, we're going to wrap up. We already have our show for next week. It is going to be Sly. It is going to be the ANZ Community Show. And it's going to be a little later than usual because we don't want them yeah. to have to wake up at the worst times imaginable if, you know, they don't have to. So we'll be on later in the afternoon next week. And I'm working on a show for April, but we now know we have a live letter show because the live letter was announced for March 31st. So we have that in a couple of weeks as well. So we're rolling into the 6.4 news territory at this point. So everyone, yeah, boy, hold on to your butts. But with that, we've kept Finn long enough from his solo, so we'll go into the post show and he can leave as soon as he's, as soon as he's able so he can get back to going. Thank you again, both of you, for coming and we will see all of you, you so much next week for the ANZ community show. So thank you for watching and we'll see you then. Until then, bye bye. See you next week.